What's happening, weirdos? This is the incredible Matteo Lane, one of the funniest comedians working today. I'm so glad we got to sit right here on the old sleepover couch. You're you're in for uh, you're about to enter Rift City. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> okay, couple things to plug. I'm going to be at the Just for Laughs Fest this year. Uh, check that out. I'm also going to be in Cancun for the Just for Laughs Festival. I say that like it's a question. It's true. November second. It's Just for Laughs Escapes. So. Uh, Go to pollen.co for tickets to that, or just look up the JFL Just for Laughs Festival in Montreal and hope to see you there. Always, always, always fun. We're going to be doing live podcasts at both of those festivals. And I also do a monthly show here in Los Angeles at Largo. It's always incredible. The most recent one, we had Bill Burr, River Butcher. It was awesome. Go to largo-la.com for tickets to those. Always fun. And if you like the show, why not show your support and try a Pete's pick? I'm wearing one right now. These are my perfect jeans, my PJs. Perfect jeans. I love them. As you know, I am a hater of hard pants. I don't understand how it's 2022 and we're still walking around with with uh, drawers that crack or, or khakis, fucking khakis or stiff uncomfortable shits. I hate that stuff. Get some comfortable soft pants that look good. The problem was comfortable soft pants don't often look good. These just look like jeans. You can't even tell. You can't even tell that these are made. I believe it's 2% spandex and 2.5% rayon for extra comfort and movement that your man parts uh, require. And I was going to say desire. These are the best pants I've ever owned. I just have four or five pairs, literally, that I just rotate. I have them in blue, dark blue. I have them in gray. I have them in black. I absolutely love them. They're so comfortable. You could sleep in them. I often do. They're made with specialized washing, so your jeans literally feel as soft as a baby's butt. You may even forget that you're wearing pants, and they're very, very high quality. I often will, I'm embarrassed to say, buy a nice pair of jeans. You wear them, heavy rotation, and next thing you know, you look at like the, the inseam, and there's just a hole. They just wear out. These do not. As I just said, I wear them constantly, and they have really, really, really maximum durability. I haven't had to replace a single pair, and that is 100% true. And best of all, they're not khakis. Fuck khakis. And spare your nuts. The perfect gene for the perfectly imperfect men. Just 60 bucks when you use code WEIRDO at checkout. Liberate your lower limbs with the one and only perfect gene. Whether you're working with lemons or lentils, a three-leaf clover, or a big old honking eggplant, the perfect gene has you covered. Take a peek at theperfectgene.nyc. That's www.theperfectgene.nyc. Code WEIRDO for 25% off at checkout. And thank me later because they are the most comfortable and best-looking pants I have ever owned. Speaking of things that I'm wearing that support the show, this is my Apollo Neuro. It has absolutely changed my life. This is a piece of wearable technology. As you can see, if you're watching on the video, I wear it on the inside of my wrist. Valerie wears hers on her ankle. This is wearable tech that helps your body recover from stress and cope with stress if you're currently feeling stress. I'm often at an uncomfortable lunch or something, and I'll put it on the meditation and mindfulness setting, and it just gives me a dose of zen when I need it. How? It's vibrating. It sends vibrations into your nervous system in a way that your nervous system can understand. And I know that sounds like woo-woo. This is not sold in crystal shops. This is made by a board-certified psychiatrist and a neuroscientist. So this is hard science stuff. And it is basically a wearable hug for your nervous system using touch therapy to help you feel safe and in control. Uh, it has different settings for whatever you want to do. 
If I'm about to work out, I put on energy and wake up. In fact, the, the whole time I'm working out, I just keep it on energy and wake up. Keeps my blood pumping. Keeps my heartbeat up. Social and open is what I had it on all day. I was shooting something today with people all day. Helps me just ease into those social situations without that anxiety. Clear and focus. They have some very exciting data coming out about ADHD and the clear and focus setting. But I can say anecdotally, when I'm writing or I'm focusing or I'm reading, I have it on that setting. It just eases me into like a calm, not like a jittery, a calm, clear, focused state of mind. Meditation and mindfulness, wonderful when you're meditating. Probably the best setting though is the sleep and renew. I have it on while I'm sleeping. If I wake up in the middle of the night and I want to fall back asleep, it is wonderful to push these two buttons, rerun the last program you ran, and it helps lull you back to sleep. It actually gets better the more you use it. It was developed, uh, they've been studying the impacts of chronic stress in humans for nearly 15 years, and Apollo's effects on stress, sleep, cognitive performance, and recovery have been proven in multiple clinical trials and real-world studies, and I can say for me and for Val, it has absolutely made a huge difference. We've probably given more of these away to friends that are uh, dealing like we do with anxiety, with stress, like we all are, and uh, we've gotten such wonderful feedback. We're going to keep doing that, of course. You can also get 10% off and show your support of the show and give your body some of that much-needed support. Go to apolloneuro.com slash weird for 10% off and show your support of the show. That's apolloneuro, A-P-O-L-L-O-N-E-U-R-O.com slash weird. That's it, everybody. Hope to see you in Montreal. Hope to see you in Cancun. Hope to see you here in Los Angeles. In the meantime, enjoy this wonderful chat with the deeply talented Matteo Lane. Get into it. Grazie. Grazie. Andiamo Parmigiano Reggiano. Parmigiano Reggiano. Parmigiano Reggiano. Reggiano. There you go. Molto bene. And in, in Sicilian, we say instead of andiamo, we say amonine. Amonina? They say it's a different language in Sicily. Oh, really? Yeah, they don't I speak didn't Italian. Know that. Well, they they have to. Everyone they speak in, Sicilian. Well, there's f- over 40 official languages in Italy. So, like, the, the national language is Italian, and then every town speaks their own language. And it's not like a dialect. Like It's, it's, it's in language. Definitely a different Full language. Full stop. Mm-hmm. Really? So, like, people in Naples cannot communicate with people in Bari in their languages, and vice versa. So, Calabria can't really talk to people if, in Venice if they were speaking their languages. So, they have to communicate in Italian. Is there, like, a reason for that development? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think Italy wasn't unified until like 160 years ago or something but like that. But like neighboring regions? <laughs> it's crazy. And it's like, even, are you recording right now? We are. Okay, is that okay? okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mo- so this is all I ever want to talk man. about. I mean, please. They're very... First t- of all, you're the best. Welcome to the show. Oh, th- oh thank you. <laughs> please go. Please go. Oh, please so go. in Italy, like it's very territorial, I guess you would say, but like that, like in Naples... Um, and and uh, and the the dialects or languages that people speak, some of it's being washed out through the government, like with schooling and radio and stuff. But like now they're trying to preserve it, so there's always it's being like homogenized a little bit, kind of yeah. the old way, right? It's yes. a, it's just the Italians are so we're messy, we're really really messy. Look, I've had the uh, the cuisine; it gets a little sloppy. Oh, so Have you good, ever though. heard? My whole life, my father would go bagna, meaning soak up the sauce with the bread. Oh. Is bignata. Bignata? Like a pinata like, like filled a, with tomato sauce? <laughs> we, <laughs> Which would be horrifying, by the way. We soak up our tomato, our, our bread, and hit the shit out of it. Oh my God, yes. So, with bignata means wet. Bignata, okay. 
God, can I tell you? I don't want to make this about me. I want to hear all about these regions. Please, I'm happy to talk about anything Italian. But my father sang Banya. My father loves Italian culture. Two dad stories real quick. Banya, I'm not surprised it's not a thing. It might be. Well, <laughs> it might be because we just said there's so many languages. Yeah, there are languages. so many languages. So maybe someone said Banya. Hey, Jay, you Banya the sauce. I guess it means bathing. Like to bathe in something. So maybe soaking like banya. I'm going to give it to Jay Holmes. I think he was right. He might be right. He was right. The thing he was definitely wrong about, and we went, I went, I made the mistake, and I really mean this, and I love my folks, but I went to Rome. Matteo, Rome. One of the most romantic, beautiful, exciting two weeks for Matteo. I mean, I'm excited for you. (laughs) Uh, With my parents. Which is, no, <laughs> it was a mistake. Here's, and my ex-wife. So we went, and my father, I'll never forget, he got in a cab, just a regular 2004 taxi cab. And he goes, driver, take me to the, the, the Vino Velador. And the driver was like, excuse me. <laughs> no, the Vino Velador. And I was like, dad, oh God. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? And he's like, where Bill Clinton went. He meant there's a there's a very famous, like where all the starlets would go in the 30s or something. It was like a street. It's where like the paparazzi started because everybody was there. Did I said that in there? Like I loved stereotypical. it. <laughs> I'm very into it. You're very you're very Chata De Laurentiis right now. Oh, I don't know what Who, it means. I feel bad. You know what? Chata, Everyday Italian on the Food Network. Oh, Chata. And I kept like kind of making fun of her for years because she was like, and now we're going to use mozzarella. But then I heard her do, like, fully do an interview in Italian because she's hey. from Rome. And I was like, okay, I take back everything I said. This bit, she's Really? I, yeah. I had a bit about her. Yeah, she's fully she, fluent in Italian. And I, I likened it to in Lord of the Rings that say every word normal except Mordor. <laughs> They would be like, and we have to go to Mordor. Well, this is, this is my impression of um, Gandalf in all Lord of the Rings movies. It's a lot of whispering, and then he'll yell. So it's just, that's it. The whole movie, they just whisper. Like, the whisper Gandalf was the best part. They do. Like, why are you whispering so much? Do it again. Please do it again. That. You know. Can I say the one thing in that movie that didn't age well? Go on. His hat. It's, oh. a, it's a silly wizard hat. Yeah. It's like foam. Also, his, the, the lace front. The lace? The lace front. What do you mean? The but hair is a weave? The wig. Boy, <laughs> you're so straight. My One time I was watching... I was watching Avengers and I was like, uh, it was Scarlet. Um, Scarjo. Yeah, Scarlet. Jo- yeah, I was like, God, that wig is awful. And my friend Evan Williams is a really funny comedian. He's like, that's a wig, man? I'm like, yes, that's a wig. They're all wearing wigs. Can like, I? No, man. <laughs> no. He couldn't believe it. Can I say you're 100% on the money? Yeah. I never spot a wig. Oh. I, I from, never guess wig. From miles away, I can spot a wig. Really? Like, all my best friends are drag queens, so it's like- You know wigs. I just, yeah, just thousands of them. See, you started in Shy City. Mm-hmm. Chicago, mm-hmm. yield Chicago town. Mm-hmm. I started there too. Did you know? Yes, that? of course, because everyone talked about you, Nick Vatterot, oh. um, Hannibal. Like when I started in comedy, it was people like say Hannibal, you can't be Gandalf. I say yes, I can, Hannibal. People wonder if that <laughs> oppression is okay, and I say yes, it is. I say yes, it is, Hannibal. Yes, it is. I will just yes. <laughs> 
I don't know. I'm always, I'm always, I'm like, I'm going to get canceled for everything. But yeah, you were, because my group was like Lisa Traeger, Megan yes. Gailey, um, Danny Callis, Marty DeRosa, uh, Lane. There's a Marty DeRosa? Yeah, Marty's really funny. He got Can me, we like, fight to pay money to get Joe DeRosa and Marty DeRosa like in an octagon? Marty would win. Joe has no shoulders. <laughs> That is so funny. Keith Robinson always says, like, Joe, you don't have shoulders. Yep. No shoulder, Joe. He's I like, think of Keith every time I pass a sign on the highway that says no shoulder. <laughs> you, got, I, I, you do a great Keith. I'm a, Keith and I literally dated during the pandemic. The summer of 2020. Stop telling people we dated, we, God damn it! Literally. <laughs> he said the funniest thing to me. We were we almost went into like a second lockdown. And Keith goes, oh, if we go on another lockdown, you're going to see me dead with a plum up my ass. <laughs> You were tight with Keith. I'm very yeah. Keith, One of the funniest people alive. Him and me and Joe DeRosa. Love and Joe. Liz, who manages at the Comedy Cellar. Yes. Will get dinner probably three nights a week. We You're just, living a life. I'm gonna like when I fall asleep. I'm just gonna dream that I'm Mateo a little bit. Like I'm I'm, I'm having. Well, te- what did FOMO. I say yesterday? I'll teach you about the bees and the bees later. You'll teach me how the. It's not even the gayness. I love your gay lifestyle. I love. I mean, you're the funniest guy in the world. I love that. That's like part of it. Teaching weird straight guys to spot wigs. Yeah. But also, funny. you're just like. I feel like you're living like a Vespa lifestyle. I do. I, I, I have a very good life. Right? I like my life. I sure hope so. Yeah. It seems like, like I said to you last night, we did the live podcast last night, and I was really like, I keep looking at your legs, and I don't want you to think it's inappropriate, Please but look like, at them they're, right, they're right in my Take eye them. line. What's that? Take them. Look at them. Enjoy. <laughs> they need to be a little bigger, to tell you the truth, but it's, it's, it's a- Disagree. I, I think know. there's something- I'm kind of like putting it together. I feel a little like chicken leg, but I, nah, I do who spots. called you chicken leg? Uh, this who girl did? named Rachel in high school. And What's her last name? I forgot name? it. Rachel Feinstein. No, <laughs> Rachel Feinstein. I'll never forgive her. Rachel doesn't know and shit about legs. I said it right here first, Rachel. <laughs> It's enough of what you said about oh my legs. Oh my god, clickbait! Yeah, <laughs> finally we got clickbait. We got video. Now we can have vendettas. We'll make it look like a TMZ article. <laughs> Rachel, comic Rachel Feinstein calls Mateo Lane's leg uh, legs chicken legs. Oh my god! Did, well, there was a woman. Tell me a good one. I remember in camp the first girl that told me I had, and girl is appropriate. We were like eleven. How old were you? In, you went to camp. I went to I went Italians to summer do not camp. go to camp. No camp. The Italian parents do not let their, they don't trust their kids with other people. So my camp was a next door <laughs> well, to my These are the people house. that change languages from their neighboring That's town. That's so true. We That's have a different language. True. Yeah. <laughs> so they we don't. All, no, you'll never meet an Italian kid who went to camp. It's like, out. we would this never. This is like grotesquely wasp. I walked next door to my Aunt Cindy's house. If my parents went on vacation, all my brothers and sister and I went next door to my Aunt Cindy's house and vice versa. They came to our house or my Can grandparents' I, house. And do you question love it i mean oh, like obsessed. your clothes and like tight and you know i, t- I talk to my cousins identity. every day yeah my Get aunt the- every day i literally we'll call her in this podcast at some point you'll meet her she's this mexican italian woman she's very short mex italian yeah my mom's mexican italian wow i was trying to blend them Ital- mex italian mex italian mex italian i didn't mean to cut you off i'm sorry you said camp I'm you're so the guest sorry. no i don't nope, want to interrupt nope. you i'm gonna comment on this video i just camp this is something that did not happen to italian kids and tell me though about that because like you're looking at so we did the show with john ham last night mm-hmm. one of the reasons i love the show Mad Men, unfortunately is because i relate and one of the things that i relate to betty's dad so don's it's show. okay omg i know get ready for a lot of fun I know. uh but it seems stressful 
It's not that stressful. It's actually very relaxing. It is? It's a very relaxing. It's a cocktail show. It's a cigarette show. It's like a slump. Like, I probably watched a lot of this on this sofa. Anyway, Betty's dad, so his father-in-law says to Don, you've got no people, right? And I'm like, that's, I, I, I'm not ashamed of it, but I'm also not proud of it. I don't have, like, a rich connection to my heritage, uh, certainly not my cousins. Uh, and, and what you're saying and what I'm seeing kind of bouncing off of you is that you benefited from that tight-knit community. Am I, am I reading you right? Yeah. Wait, each, I have, I think now 28 first cousins or something, but. <laughs> we're, I, that sounds like your brand of tequila or it's, something. It's like 28 cousins. So, oh my God, that's actually a great idea. Mateo Lane. Like if I had a production company. 28 cousins. 28 cousins. Are you incorporated? I am, yeah. Good. Yeah. Thank you. Somebody told you. Yeah. Here's There's it. a lot of people. Keith isn't incorporated. Nobody told me, damn it, I'm paying 50% tax. Keith is <laughs> I'm a just monster. kidding. I'm just kidding, Keith. I'm sure Keith you're Keith Robinson fine. is a monster. <laughs> An unincor- unincorporated monster, emotionally and fiscally. <laughs> I'm unincorporated. I haven't even been on your goddamn podcast. I can't you do stink. it. You stink. That's it. I have you, you everyone at the cellar? We're going to get back to that culture question. Have you noticed everyone at the cellar talks the same? Do we talk the same? Well, not you. Well, you're. I mean, one I call in a billion. Girl, so girl is different. They're they're going oh, your goofy butt. Y'all, st- well, I say stink, stink because and I of do Keith. This because Keith does this. Well, Keith is the cellar? Question mark. Keith and Bobby Kelly and Jessica Kirsten. Used to be and, Jim like, Norton. They all say Jim's dummy. still there. Love Jim. Yeah, you dummy. Hey, dummy. Stinks. Stupid. He goofy. Stinks. Yeah. Stinks. These are all these like kind of words that you say instead of swears, but for some reason when they say them worse than swears like mm-hmm. it's like you stink i'm like geez did you just use the hard c word on me like it feels like that i was on stage once and i was wearing a shirt keith hated and he was walking <laughs> to go to the bathroom and just stops in the middle of the room stares at me in the middle of my act points at me your shirt stinks you look like an ice cream truck scooper and oh kept going my to the bathroom God. wait he heckled you mm-hmm. going to the bathroom mm-hmm. Can I say, I'll never forget Ben Bailey. Do you know Ben? Yeah. He, <laughs> I forget who he's talking to. Somebody in the audience, he said, your head is so big, it looks like the carrying case for a head. <laughs> is that the funniest, <laughs> the funniest burn I've ever heard? Like how a cello case is bigger than a cello. Like a car- like you open up the head and there's the head. My favorite Ben is Bailey, shout out. That's a great burn. Colin Quinn said about- He's um, another dummy stupid. You know I what I mean? Love oh, I love Colin. Quinn. But I mean, he says stinks, don't dummy, and, right? And he said right? about um, Bobby Kelly once. He goes, Bobby Kelly left New York a hot Italian and came back a fat Mexican. That is, I mean, if you're not laughing, do a quick Google image search with years. Robert <laughs> Kelly, 1995. Get that in. Robert Kelly, 2022. Let that in. He, I, Bobby Kelly had a good one. He called, uh, he said Steve Byrne had a stupid wooden puppet face. <laughs> and he said it off the cuff. I love Bobby Kelly so much. I was He's hilarious. His son. his son, Max, is like seven or something. Maximilian? Yeah. Do you call him Maximilian? I, <laughs> I yes. Like... I'm going to do my Liza for you at one point. My Liza Minnelli impression for you. I'm obsessed. <laughs> we were playing Fortnite with him, and I and I and he. I know he loves the movie Shit's Creek or the show Shit's Creek, but it, Bob makes him call it S Creek, and so we were. You, you know Dan Levy from S from Shit's Creek. So we were playing, and I must have said something, and he goes, "You talk like that guy from Shit's Creek." And I looked at Bobby and I said, "I think your son just called me a faggot." That is. Really funny. Seven can pick up on that. <laughs> you talk like the guy why, from Shit's Creek. Why do you talk like that guy from Shit's Creek? I'm like, Bobby, 
Super funny need. And I love the burn and shirt burns. I'm trying to think. I forget. Somebody, I was so afraid of uh, Todd Lynn, who was a comic. And again, it was Ben Bailey. Todd Lynn was on stage at the Horrible Boston Comedy Club. And then I, I used to just be so scared of him. And then ba- Ben Bailey went up and went, Todd wearing a shirt that looks like candy that tastes like shit. And I was like, this, this is... You know, I'm glad to see, this is weird to say, because I was sort of afraid of that culture. I don't know if you call it snaps or whatever, but it is this weird love language. Mm -hmm. Like, if I, like last night, Chris Redd used the word, um, what was it? He he meant fundamental, but he said detrimental. Detrimental, yeah. And I called him out. I didn't make fun of him, but like, that to me is love. We're the guys, we're the people, men and women, that say, Matei, you have spinach in your teeth. Like, you know what I mean? Like, isn't that like... Or like, Keith will be like, what? Like, you'll be talking in conversation and be like, eh, you just ruined the flow. You know what That's I mean? Like, it says it. That's, That's how I grew up, though. That was my family. Like, tell my me. family was the same way. Truth tellers. I mean, beyond brutal. truth tellers. Brutal. Like, brutal. Very brutal. <laughs> very, like, but funny. Like, everything was funny. My Aunt Cindy's the funniest person in the world like she would be like she would come back with her war stories like after grocery shopping like she got into fights with people and we'd be like yeah cindy like you know she just was so they're so funny what what was she getting in fights about one time she came back and she was like i was at the bank and this woman i could feel her staring at me and i looked at her and she's looking right at me and i thought i look back i look back she's staring because i'm fine i dropped my purse crossed my arms and stared right at her and i thought i will stand here till this bank closes and finally she looked away and i thought good i won i'm like that is so <laughs> like not dropping anything yeah she's it's like, one of those people that will not drop st- my aunt would have stood there so that bank closed let me tell you something i did a bit this bit works in different rooms and really doesn't work in other rooms. And the bit goes, I'm not going to do the bit, but the premise is, I don't care if you say fuck your mother. Like, I don't know why. Oh, someone you, says go fuck your mother. Go like, fuck your mother. Eh. Like, the, the setup is like, you can say fuck you, that's fine. But if you say fuck your mother, now we have to fight. I've never understood that. You don't know my mother. Right. Like, why am I, just the idea of it. But I was doing it in this crowd. Like, I was like, they weren't laughing. I go, wait, who here would fight someone if they said fuck your you mother? You were in Philly. <laughs> Helium Philly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joe DeRosa, no shoulders was opening. Um, what a what a what a courtesy to his mother when he was born. Just yeah, yeah. she's probably thinking every day. <laughs> just just slides out. <laughs> just just came out like mini me on a slip and slide. Just <laughs> just gone. <laughs> As a fact, the arms came out after. They're like you know what? We'll just piece them together like a Star Wars action figure oh that got my broke. God. <laughs> I got a moisten. There it is. And they don't really bend. That's how he makes me. Every morning, he, I wake up and have water. He pops his shoulders back in. <laughs> I um, love Joe DeRosa so much. I love you, Joe. I love Joe DeRosa more. Like, he's one of the few friends I can still just call and, and talk to him. I know oh, that yeah. sounds crazy. No, yeah. But last night, Chris Red said, you need more black friends. And I was like, you can drop the black. I just need more friends. <laughs> like, I know it seems weird. Like, I'm an LLB. Do you not have a lot of friends? I have this. Like, I know this sounds maybe, you tell me if this is sad. This is how I hang out with people. Yeah. And maybe that is a little like, I don't know. Well, I have, I think it makes sense. I mean, also, you know, Mike Racine, who's a comic in New York, said something I know to Mike. me. Year, yeah, he said something to me years ago that actually now really starts to make sense. He's like, doesn't it seem like when we first started comedy, the community was endless? He's like, and now it seems like there's so few people around us and the one thing i love about being in new york and being at the comedy cellar is every night i get 
I'm with my friends. Yep. So I don't have to call or make plans. It's like, I just know they're there. That's I thank you because you're hearing me. I'm saying, what's the difference? Right. Like that th- this might be like this transactional, or we're filming it. Right. But you're also going there to do a set. You're not going to hang out with Keith. But I actually think the podcast and stand up are both an excuse to be together. In fact, I think the whole meaning of life is an excuse to be together. Yeah. We make up jobs. We make up relationships. All because we really have a hard time being together, but we know we really need to be together, so we make up all this stuff. Well, I'm used to sort of like a, a pack mentality, right? Like, you know, you see wolves just like hanging off of each other. That was my family growing up, just constantly cousins and everywhere. And off the... Aunts, literally, we all go to my Aunt Cindy's bed and just like lay on it and bitch and moan and make fun of stuff. And yeah, it's just... So you have people. that Now we're back that's to that my. Topic. I have two crews, like my crew, my gay crew, or queer crew, rather, and uh, my family. And it functions very... I've noticed myself, like, I sort of have, like, similar roles in the both of them. What is it? Are you the hub of the wheel? Do you keep no, everybody I'm, together? I'm, more, I'm a little, like, I'm very sensitive, and I'm easy to make fun of, and I... Um, I kind of like li- lay back a lot. Like when really? I'm with my family, yo, yeah. When I'm with my family, my cousin Megan is either the one like sc- we're always screaming and yelling, or we're always making fun of my uncle Mike or my aunt Cindy. Like I'm kind of like set. I'm more observing really? a little bit. Uh huh. I'm not. I I am surprised, but now that I'm thinking about it, it makes sense because. It's like the classic, were you the class clown? And you're like, no, I was the guy observing the class clown. Or you were observing... I was the guy getting called faggot. <laughs> so, you know, uh, in a way, a clown. What, where, where where was that happening? In Arlington Heights in Chicago. Okay, or so Chicago a suburb area. of Chicago. Yes, yeah, so you have to say that. I, I used to say, oh, I'm from Chicago. And, they get and then they get so... You could literally be in the middle of the rainforest and tell uh, uh, someone who hasn't seen humans for 40 years and say, I'm from Chicago. And a Chicagoan will pop out of a bush and be like, suburbs or city? It's like, you Hyde know. Hyde Park doesn't count. Right. And it I'm does. like, I moved into the city when I was 18. So I had definitely established my life in the, in the city. But um, I'm sur- I guess, well, let's say I'm a little disappointed, maybe heartbroken that that was happening. Like for real, like you felt. Yeah, but I mean, it was, I think once I was 14, 15, I started hanging out in the city with my cousin Megan's, always with my cousins, my cousin Megan's boyfriend, and then I was adopted by his group of friends, and then, so I was already already living in the city with my friends by 14, 15, anyways. I mean, we were off the blue line, but, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know, yeah, high school... But I don't know. Yeah, you're made fun. Everyone's made fun of. No, but I, mean, I know. It just, I was, I was work- also called the the hard F word, yeah. as I like to call it. And Christian Finnegan said this to me, that there are two kinds of comedians, those that did and those that called people that word. Yeah, and Bobby <laughs> was both. But I think... <laughs> I mean, I do kind of go... Bobby's from Medford, and that's where I wanted... If I wanted to get called the hard F word, I would walk through Medford. My friend Pat Powers brought up a good point to me. He was like... Because a lot of straight guys were like, I was called a faggot too. And my friend Patrick was like, yes, but you didn't... You went home and still had longing for women. Like, yes. our fear was like, oh, we're going to get caught. You right, know, like right. that horrifying... Oh, no. Please don't think I'm saying it's the same. I don't. No, 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 no. That was no. Please, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I was. I always literally had my cousins, so I could go through whatever in high school and then just immediately go to my cousin's house and hang out. That that reminds me of the the beautiful part of your people, your cousins, your family, is like that adversity bonded you, like Mean Girls. It bonded you even further. Yeah, you had even more people. Yeah, I, I, I hate to say it. It's a terrible glue. 
but being kind of othered or, or teased or whatever just made you more close with your friends, right? Oh, yeah. Well, my cousin's gay. My brother's gay. There's lots of gays in my family. You have a, a gay brother. Yeah. How many siblings do you have? I'm one of three. So two out of three. Mm-hmm. Are you kind of suspicious about the third? You're like, my sister. Come on. Like, We're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, we, my cousin Kelly. We well, no, but uh, my cousin Kelly. We joke because we would. She would always play boys, and I always play as the girl. Like when we would do, like we would used to reenact Mel Brooks movies when we were kids. Okay, so inappropriate. And um, <laughs> she would always be the boy, and I'd always be the girl. But yeah, I, my sister's very straight, happy with a kid and, and a husband and stuff. Thank God, my mother got a grandchild and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> took a lot of She's pressure off the family. Took it off the fam. Yeah. But let me ask you, is your other is your brother older or younger? He's two years older. My sister is one year older than me, and he they're Irish twins, so he's 11 months older than her. Oh, wow. And did he, Irish twins, did he come out first? Yeah. Did that help? Uh, yes, Or were you did. like, yikes? Well, I, my brother's a little more... Um, I think he's a little more quiet than the rest of my family. And so I think when he came out, he sort of like disassociated himself from the function of the machine of the family. Cause we're very much like my big fat Greek wedding. And I think it was understood. Like he needed to discover himself and eventually like found his way back in. But I was so attached that I knew that when I came out, I'd have to use humor as a way to make it okay. And not, I mean, I talked to my grandparents about it. We joke about like yeah. my family. I talked to my grandparents probably twice a week and you know, everyone knows everything. Oh Yeah. I'm and I always tell them, because my grandma has the air on in the middle of January, I'm like, you two are going to be dead and no one's going to know because you'll be so well preserved. It's so cold in that goddamn house. It is, instead of an ottoman, it's a block of ice. Literally. Come on in. My nana is, all, you know, she's in her house coat. Yeah. <laughs> They got two kitchens. Pardon the interruption, weirdos. This episode is brought to us by our friends at Feels. What is Feels? It's premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep. You guys know I love CBD. We've talked a lot about CBD on this podcast, but this is 100% true. Feels sent us some product to try out, so we, we were talking about working together. I put a couple drops under my tongue. I waited the 30 seconds, and when it kicked in, when I started feeling that general feeling of wellness, well-being, and calm, I was like, is this is this something new? It felt like something I'd never taken before. I've taken a lot of different brands of CBD and Feels just took me to a different kind of cleaner, clearer experience, a, a better CBD experience. That's not in the copy here. I'm just telling you as soon as I tried it, God's honest, I went on their website and used my own promo code to order more and, and just became a subscriber. Feels is a better way to feel better. Their premium CBD will keep your head clear. That's my favorite thing about it. The first time I smoked weed, I was like, I wish there was something like this that didn't make you all foggy. CBD is the closest thing I found to that. It gives you that feeling of a, a body wellness and a mood elevating and a pain relieving and an anxiety reducing kind of thing, but without all the like, it doesn't get you stoned. It just gives you those those wonderful benefits uh, that are they're sort of in the same family, but it keeps your head clear. You can read on it. You can work on it. The next day, you don't have that brain fog, which I get so bad when I use THC. It's not like that. Helps you feel your best. CBD has been proven to greatly reduce anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. 
consciousness. I take it before bed also, and that really, really helps. Navigating the world of CBD can be complicated, and at Feels, they look for to make the process as simple as possible so you can start feeling better sooner. If you are new to CBD, Feels offers a free CBD hotline, that is true, to help guide you through the discovery process. And if you know the right CBD uh, for you, Feels' hassle-free membership program is guaranteed to help you feel your best month after month or your money back. It's that simple. I like to get the most condensed one, the, the strongest one, and I just take less of it because they send. They actually sent me a little uh, flights of the three different kinds that they use, and I liked the strongest one. It was wonderful. So they are wonderful at guiding you in sort of a sommelier or a sommelier, depending on where you're from, of CBD. Shipped directly to your doorstep in only a few days. Feels is the new, natural, healthy, better way to feel better. Uh, like I said, it helps you feel better. It helps with pain, helps with anxiety, helps with sleeplessness, with no hangover and no addiction. It is absolutely the best CBD that I have found. And I joined the Feels community. You can join the Feels community, get your Feels delivered to your door every month. You'll save money. In fact, the discount is quite substantial when you subscribe on every order and you can pause or cancel any time. So, Become a member and get 50% off your first order. That's insane. 50%. Become a member and get 50% off your first order. I'm going to say it again. Become a member and get 50% off your first order. <laughs> Go to feels.com slash weirdo and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash weirdo to become a member and get 50% off automatically with free shipping feels.com slash weirdo. This episode is also brought to us by our friends at Babbel. I don't know about you, but I love to travel and Val and I, the top of our list is Espain. I say Espain. And if I'm going to go to Espain, I'm going to go and brush up on my Espanol. Do you understand? We all want to travel and we all want to. One of the most fun parts of traveling is to try a different language. And for all of your summer travels, whether you're going abroad or staying domestic and want to immerse yourself in the culture, now is the perfect time to start Babbel. Babbel is the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Thanks to Babbel's ad addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, there's still time to learn a new language before you reach your new destination. It's super fun, it's super easy, and it's super casual. It doesn't feel like going to school, it feels more like playing a game. And that's how they trick you into keeping your brain elastic-y and expandy and not rigid. Learning a language is one of the best ways to stop your brain from turning into, into graphite? Yeah, that's what they make pencils out of, right? With Babbel, you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson so you can start having real-life conversations in a new language in as little as three weeks. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by 150 language experts. That's human beings with pumping hearts. Their teaching methods have been scientifically proven to be effective, and with Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, for me going to Spain, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and your accent. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can also access 
access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. So start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Make your travel that much more immersive, that much more authentic and fun, and keep your brain healthy, active, and expansive. Language is so wonderful for that. So right now, save up to 60% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash weirdo. That's babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash weirdo for up to 60% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. All right, enjoy the rest of the episode. Boom. Tell me, because I heard you say this, that you went from shame to pride, like after coming out. Like, But there was, does that sound familiar? Sure. I, I, I'm such a baby stepper. I never, like there were some gays who came out of the closet and the next day they were leading the pride parade. I never had that kind of confidence. I, I always like- I've s- always felt that at every gay pride parade I've been at. I'm like, really the thing that I'm admiring the most is just like, look at this self-assured confidence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like- I'm me, and I was like, there have to be gays. I know there are, I know many gays that are not like necessarily ready for the front of the parade. Sure, but but I also, you know, yeah, I'm just like baby. I remember like when I came out, you know, back back in my day, it was a <laughs> it was a lot of like trying to figure it out because we didn't have nowadays. I mean, God, there's like you know, you could be seven and Google. It's on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, like yes. anything. But back 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 then, you know, it was like. <laughs> You do you do like go to a gay bar to see gay people, and I remember like you know that's really intimidating to be nineteen and sneaking to a gay bar, and there's just every aspect of queer culture in front of you. Yes, I didn't. I never saw a drag queen before. It's very overwhelming, and so I isn't I, that funny? It's like gay all goes in one place where there's so many aspects of let's call it straight culture that aren't for me. You know what I mean? But right. there isn't the straight bar where it's all happening all in one place and you kind of have to deal with it all at once. Yeah, but I think like different times too. Like, you know, a a bar, restaurant, a public place, these are all, they all had different meetings for straight people versus gay people, right? So it's like, gay bars were not just for hooking up but also like a way to either like relax or be yourself Mm. or like you know or escape uh the reality of the day or whatever um Mm -hmm. so yeah when i first walked into a gay bar i remember being like oh my god like i was just looked like a renaissance painting of hell to me like i just couldn't like quite put my finger on what i was looking at but now i'm 35 so i if i walk into a gay bar i'm like girl you know like i i get it but it took some adjusting. Of course. See, I, was... I love that because I, I just, I love relating, right? And every, no matter what your sexuality is, nobody is in and gets the whole culture, the whole scene, dating, whatever it might be, immediately. Sure. And, and there has to be an adjustment sure. to whatever you There's still into. adjustments because, yeah. you know, the problem with being a comedian is my life is so soaked in comedy that I've almost like, even though I'm very open about my queerness and gayness and all, like mainly queer people come to my shows on uh, when I'm touring, um, I've been sort of like removed from a lot of uh, like, especially in Manhattan, like Manhattan gay culture. And I feel like a little like left out because I only hang out with comedians. I mm. only talk to comedians. I, mm. you know, and then my gay friends are famous drag queens who are basically comedians who are touring doing shows you know it's like we're all these kind of like worker bees so to speak yeah. and so i'm like oh you know if there's a little you have competing circles kind of or i just feel like i feel always like a little left out maybe i don't know like i don't even know how to go out anymore like i don't remember i know what you mean 
And it's sort of, I don't want to say it gets worse, but for me, it's gotten worse. It's like, <laughs> like it I hang out worse. with Val's friends and, and I, I can be the guy. When I'm uncomfortable, I'll, I'll send out these sonar pings. And what I'm doing is I'll say something that's like cheeky, let's say cheeky, yeah. just to see who's down to clown. And who's not going to be? Because with you, I don't worry. With Keith, I don't worry. Well, we with speak Joe, the same language. It really is like a. Do you agree? It's like it feels like a species. It's like we're a certain type of like. I don't know what we are, it's but golems. <laughs> no, like, it's a hundred percent true. Right? I was talking, or I was watching an interview with uh, Jerry Seinfeld, and he was talking about how when he goes to like these huge like Vanity Fair parties and stuff, all he does is look for the other comedian. That's it. And I'm literally the same way. Like I like I actually ran into Bill Burr. A week ago, I, I was. <laughs> Do you want to hear my impression of yep, Bill Burr singing "New York, New York"? Yeah. Da, 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 da. That's it. <laughs> and Liza, Stop the nose. No. And Liza would say, "Oh, it's wonderful." <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's just like my. you found the right moment. Have you seen now? Liza Minnelli tries to turn off a lamp. Well, I'll tell you what I thought of. When I oh my first saw Lies and the Lamp, oh, he was so funny. <laughs> he was so funny. I remember one time we were making taffy, and mm, mm, my brother's Joey. Yeah. <gasps> I had no idea you're so good at impressions. That it's is like, so It's a little funny. Eliza post, post brain encephalitis. <laughs> but, but I ran into Bill Burr. We were, I was doing shows in Columbus, and I woke up. My friend Donnie and Adam came to watch me, and we woke up early and just got breakfast. And I turn around, there's just Bill Burr. <laughs> and I walk up to Bill, and I go, Bill. And he looks and goes, oh, Jesus Christ. Thank God it's you, Mateo. I thought I was some freak fan. Sit down. And we were just, you know, <laughs> just chit-chatting with each other That's and stuff. But you could see the comic look up, and when he sees another comedian, he's like, yeah, <laughs> I've walked down this very street with Bill, and people just go, "Hey, Ron Howard," and he's like, nah, "It's a different kind of discrimination. It's totally fine, redhead. You just say whatever the fuck you want." It's, it's like he, he's right, redheads. For some people, for some reason, people feel like they can. Oh yeah, I don't hey, get it. Frank, like just whatever you want. <laughs> what do you hang upside down when you were a kid? Why is this still okay? <laughs> Like this is our Mad Men. You ever think about? I know you didn't watch Mad Men, but in Mad Men, I know Men, what you mean. Like, like it's yeah. cigarettes and sitting on you know radiation. Right. Like we have cell phones and redhead discrimination just out in the public. Cell phone discrimination. I'm totally behind. What do you mean? If I see a green text, it's like, girl, who is this for? You are so funny. <laughs> I'll just send it again. I'll copy I it, paste you. it, and send it again because I'm like, I, I don't said, trust did, a green. Did you use through. a cup and string for this? Oh, this is a soup can? <laughs> you whispering to me through a Campbell's? No, I'm serious. It's a Campbell. I got a green text. Get the fuck out of here. Joe taught me how to do Bill. You have to go like, no, I'm serious. Uh, what? What are you going to? Look, this guy. I mean, come on. Is that Joe? That's that's my best Bill Burr. I'm trying to think of like, give me something oh. to say. I'll try and say it like Bill Burr. Uh, you want to smoke a cigar? <laughs> that's what right. I <laughs> Yeah, sit down. Sit down. You want to smoke a cigar? You want to hear my Joe DeRosa? Please. It's one word. Okay. No, no. It's uh, three words. Okay. Ask me how the new Star Wars was. How was the new Star Wars, Joe? It was fine. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's Joe DeRosa. <laughs> nah, man. You know. Like... I do a perfect Danny Callis. Oh, I don't know. You know Danny Callis? No. He's in Chicago. Oh, he's so funny. I've I had do... a few Danny Callises. Yeah. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I was at Studio 54. I was with Soda Man. I don't know. She always it's makes up these so names. Good. Like uh, uh, Gene Triplehorn and I were. Did you watch Halston? 
No. We're going to come back to... Oh, you didn't? But everyone texted me I should have played Liza. Need. Yeah. That's a hard need. I already right look there. like her. Hard need. Um. Anyway, it just ends where he's like... It's a great show, but it ends... Spoiler. That he's like looking at a sky and he's like, it used to be that I would look at a blue like this and think, how can I make a shirt this color? And now... Is this voice okay? And now I, I look... <laughs> At the sky, and I just go, oh, what a pretty blue. And I was like... That's how they ended it? Yeah, and I just never buy it. Like like in um, Lucy and Desi or whatever, Being the Ricardos. I could not watch I that. I can't. I couldn't. It was the makeup for me. There was something about Nicole Kidman's eyebrows in that movie really threw me off. Yeah, she looked like a snowball. She was frosted. Have you, have you seen, by the way, that gays are absolutely obsessed with her and the AMC commercial? Do you know what I'm talking about? Why that makes perfect sense. Gays to me, but tell cannot me get enough of her. Tell me everything. Walking into. Have you seen that AMC commercial? There is something cozy, comfy about it. Well, it's just, that. If you want to know what, what gays like, it's that. It's spotting wigs. It's Nicole Kidman in high heels. Just her by herself in alone. a giant theater, alone in a like three thousand dollars suit. Yeah. Head in front of the projector, going. Yes. Even sadness feels feels good in a place like this. Like, <laughs> what? Who? What? <laughs> what is that? Like, uh, and, and when, somehow we leave more complete than we came in. I, I I'm was, like, I'm here to see minions. Like, I don't I know. know. <laughs> well, actually, I ha- I just got someone's. Um, I just subscribed to someone's OnlyFans, and I would I because I'm so bored with jacking off. When I when I <laughs> opened it up, I felt like Nicole Kidman in the movie theater, being like, "Sadness has always felt good in a place like this." <laughs> You mean like douche chills? Like you got went on somebody's douche only? chills? Douche well, chills? I'll tell you all about douching. Tell me. Um, no, it's rough. It's always so annoying. Anal douching? Yeah. Oh, is that a thing? Like animals? Yeah. yeah. You gotta make sure things are clean down yeah, there. Yeah, I imagine. So. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you can't just give a cursory bidet. I mean, sometimes you like use on a wish and a prayer. Have you ever talked to Big J Ogerson about anal cleanliness? Because I, I've actually, of all the things Big J and I have talked about, we've not discussed how cleanliness are. Buddy, I was like, are. he had a clean off. I think it was him and Jim Norton, maybe. Oh, whose asshole was cleaner? They were talking about their wiping technique. Oh, God. I know. And he was like, I'll never, sorry, Jay, but he said it publicly already. <laughs> he was like, he wipes, he wipes, he wipes, and then he'll, at the end, He's he's like then he wets the toilet paper and he wipes and then he soaps his finger and puts it up a little bit um, and like like I'm like just get a get a what's it called a, a tushy get, get a, a tushy bidet. yes what are you doing you or can just, do it I hire those people every time I have sex I know I you know those people that clean the sidewalks the next morning in New York City with that really powerful it'll get gum off your butt yeah I hire yeah, them yeah. and I often need gum off my butt just the Breaking Bad hazmat mm-hmm. suits just spraying it real mm-hmm. good I'd pay for that same I literally would I'd be like next I'm next I would have myself painted like one of those like optical illusion painters like someone paints themselves into like a, a background and they match it I will do that with the sidewalk and just Mateo, like, I wish I had a trophy to give you or something. That's what I started to say. I started to say to you at the end of the show, I was like, you're so funny. But I kept wanting to be like, I know you know. like, And it's not just because you're a confident guy, but I was like, you don't need me to say it. But, like, you're like a treasure. Like, what the fuck is going on? I'm the least funny in my group of friends. My friend Bob and Nick are the funniest, I think. Nick Bob is funny. Bob and Nick, like high school Bob friends? The, Bob the drag queen and my friend Nick Smith. Nick, Nick Smith. Smith. I'll call Nick. He's he's about six foot four, 120 pounds, and only wears women's blouses and sounds exactly like Squidward. And I'll call him and I'll be like, 
Hey, Nick, what are you doing? I'm watching a murder mystery, and if you call me again, you'll be the next mystery. Click. That's Nick. I gotta say, I don't want to, like, again, with Chris Red, how transfixed I was, he said with his blackness, I don't want to be that way for your gayness, but I do tend to be obsessed with people like that. Mm. Like, I know a couple gay guys that have, like, high, what do we call it, tood? Sure, just, you know. Like strong personas. Yes. Maybe they're not even personas. That's always though. in, like, whenever I get, like, an audition, like, they'll have the character descriptions, like, knows himself, confident, sassy. I'm like, just say faggot. We don't have to do all this sort of... You could tell, like, a, a straight person wrote it because you can hear the fear in the description. Like, confident in themselves, knows themselves, loves themselves. Right, sassy. I'm like, right, sassy. Sassy. Then you read the scripts. It's like, what's the sitch? I'm like, I'm out. That's all. I'll never make it as an actor. I strongly disagree. Do people, uh, I, I feel like you're... Are gonna? Are you doing it? Sure. Well, I right now since the past. You see all the gears. I was like, well, what if he's done something I haven't seen? I no, no, I've done nothing. I've I've tried so hard to like before October or like last September. I tried so hard to like play the game in the industry of like I'll audition, I'll write this thing. It was just a resounding no from everyone. And then Andrew, I can't believe it's true. And Andrew Schultz pulled me aside and literally saved my career. He was like. Put, just focus on one thing. You're really good at stand-up. Just focus on stand-up. Ignore everything else. And do reels on Instagram. I'll teach you how to do them. And he like literally taught me, like, wow. do them this way. How, here's how they should look. Blah, blah, blah. And it What might, a great thing. Like, well, it, my whole life has changed from him. Yes. I went, literally, it went from... He's I, a great I, actor, by the way. He's, he's a great actor. He everything. auditioned for Crashing for a part, and I really wanted him for it. But I, I didn't get to, you know, choose... He, uh, he, I mean, I always think Andrew Schultz literally changed my life. Like, tell me. my, well, I, I was like, okay, I started doing it. All of a sudden, I saw my following like explode. I went from like 200,000 followers to now I'm almost at 600,000 in like wow. less than a year. And wow. my tour is selling out. I'm doing theaters now. And wow. it's like literally from Andrew Schultz being like, just focus on this one thing. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. And I did. And it was, it was so, it's so strange. Like, my agent was like, we sold out this theater in Chicago twice, the Park West. Wow. And my, agent who i love he was he was like i'm not trying to be insulting but let's check and see if there's some kind of mechanical error like we just couldn't believe because yes. i couldn't sell tickets i would everyone yes. was saying no is trying to sell a netflix special no hbo special they were like nope like everyone was like no and i was like i so i just the, everything you see online like me and my stupid yellow shirt was the hour that i was trying to sell and everyone said it wasn't good enough and then i cut it up and just put it online and then now i'm like okay now i'm doing theaters like I guess I like it was kind of a validation of being like for so long I thought I wasn't funny or good and I was just watching so many people like pass me I'm like should I be acting should I be writing a script what should I be doing and then Andrew was like do the thing you wanted to do originally yeah. do stand up so now I'm doing just I'm like okay stand up I'm like on the stand up train like going full speed ahead I'm having so much fun wow and and getting less distracted and, and yeah now I don't care about anything I'm like okay if I, I like now I'm I'm writing a show with my friend Jared that we're we're gonna try and sell but we'll see and but it's like right now I'm really just focusing on like all right the next thing I want to do is like sell an hour let's see if I can get there and because I have a whole new hour that I'm really proud of and. Yeah, I'm just like stand up focused. That's great. But I just don't know how to do all that stuff. So Andrew like changed my life. What like acting and stuff? I don't know. Like selling, everyone's like, I, I don't, don't understand how people get hours. It's like I feel like that's that like wizard hat in Harry Potter where they just like put it on your head and swim. Like, HBO. Yeah, 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 oh my god, I love you. You did exactly. <laughs> Peacock, HBO, Netflix, Quibi. <laughs> Fuck 
you. <laughs> YouTube. YouTube is smart. Like Joe List and yeah, Mark uh, and Norman. Uh, oh my God! Like Akash. Like hey, they. <laughs> they're so smart. They're like putting their stuff I on mean, YouTube. This it's has amazing. To be a symptom hey. of something. Like that's not normal. Mark is a great joke writer. Oh my god, phenomenal joke writer. I've always Mark used to open for me. Believe it or not, like yeah. 10, 15 years ago, once or twice. But like, you can't be doing this that much. Yeah, we all have our have, thing. I'm sure. You uh, know. I hope mine's not as obvious as. Ooh. I don't know. I'm sure mine's just something really gay. Just yeah. my general existence. <laughs> we could go back to that we were tiptoeing around uh the coming out because i'm always interested in that you know why it's not just because it's salacious or sexual or interesting it's because i'm always fascinated with people learning to love and accept themselves and well we happens, haven't gotten there so <laughs> good luck well that's exactly what i mean one of the questions i was going to ask john ham last night is I, I was like why he wore that sweater why he decided to wear a sweater for a Midwestern wife visiting Aspen for the first time in 1996 I'm do and going to the chocolate store because she thought it was cute. What the Rocky, hell Rocky Mountain chocolate. was that sweater? Yeah. And I can say that because he has millions of dollars and I live in a place that literally a refugee would walk in and say no thanks. So I don't feel bad. I mean, if you want to see the sweater, look for the clips of the live You Made It Weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, in his defense, he did ski to the show. <laughs> I know what you mean. At a certain point, he did look disheveled, like because it's hard to ski on asphalt. That does make that sense. Was good. <laughs> no, what you saw there was like I was laughing, and I was just so touched that you joined me in a yes and. Mm-hmm. I was. I'm really, really bad at improv. Like if improv, I never did improv, but I would I find that hard to believe. Oh my god, so I, I'm so a no and. My entire life is a no and. Like I would just, I just would cut things off immediately. <laughs> Immediately, I could not take myself seriously. What is the name of the show you're working on? And I'll give you a, I'll give you a tweak. Um, we, it's a, a kind of a working title, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. Untitled mm-hmm. Mateo Lane Project. Mm-hmm. Is it half hour? Uh, yeah. Is it single cam? Uh, yes. Is it about you? Yes. Are you a comedian? No. Okay. Are you gay? JK. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> That's actually really funny. Yeah. My best impression of a straight guy's guest on from Beauty and the Beast. So I'm really not. It's true, Libu. Like, I'm not even. <laughs> right from the moment when I met her, saw her. I said, she's gorgeous and I vow. The wind town is only she who is beautiful as me. So I'm making plans to rule and marry Belle. She's saying opera. I don't know what to do. That was That's my impression of a straight guy. Can I tell you, first of all, A plus trophy. Thank you. Uh, number one. Um, I've never been more uncomfortable than talking to Gaston at Disneyland. <laughs> because he's one of the non-costumed yeah, ones. Just a guy. It's just a muscly guy. Yeah. And I'm like, I wish you were in like a costume. It's just weird. I don't want to talk to Cinderella either. Same reason. No, I don't, but I don't want to talk to many. I don't want to talk to any of them. Oh, I don't want to hear the muffled like, Are you having no. a fun day? Help! 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 Please! Help! You actually pull the head over and it's really Mickey Mouse like, Help! You know? It looks like a carrying case for a head. Yeah. <laughs> this is dark. Yeah. It's Mickey. It's Mickey under there. Ha ha! That, that's 
<laughs> they make me wear this. That is. <laughs> it was him. We knew it was Donald. I can't. How does a guy do Donald Duck? Like. Is this your first try? Well, I'm not saying anything. No, that was excellent. But I can't do it that well. Then say something Bill Burr would say. Oh. Wait a minute. That's Wait a minute. He's Donald Duck. Yes. Should we call Bill Burr and be like, we just discovered it. You're Donald Duck. Watch a Donald Duck cartoon. And you actually, this Bill is, Burr is Donald is Duck. This is a huge revelation. Yes. It's Donald, grown up Donald Duck doing stand up. Like he always, you know, because Donald gets like really fun. Donald, by the way, is underrated in terms of comedy because Disney comedies were never as good as Looney Tunes. Like Looney Tunes always yes. had better comedies because Looney let's be Tunes honest, had Mickey fewer. Kind of blows, you know. But Donald was funny because he was like this gay, frustrated duck. Yeah, pantless too. Pantless. Well, I said gay. That goes hello. Redundant. <laughs> of course. He's- when we went to Disney. I- I I've just, never been to Disney World, by the way. Can you please go? I don't. My parents never had money. You know what vacation was? What? I went next door to my Aunt Cindy's house. Where she told you about talking to ghosts? Is she the one? No, that's my Aunt Nikki. Oh, sorry. You have a lot of... My mom is one of seven, technically one of, I think, 15. Mm-hmm. So my grandpa is from... Me- well, my gra- okay. My Mexican grandpa and, and my Italian grandma had five kids. My mom was one of them. He also, behind her back, had five other kids and named those kids all the same names so he didn't confuse them with my Nana's family. And That is the most practical... That's like something Mark Norman would think of. Mm. Hey! Same name. What a smart guy. You name so, him the same name, then you can call. Oh my! God. I have an uncle younger than me because he kept having kids. But he, had, they ended up making my mom and him actually ended up um, reconciling. And so when I was a kid, suddenly there was just this Mexican man sending me like birthday cards and stuff. <laughs> it was so funny. I'm dead. We need to go to Disney. I think you would love it. Everyone oh, I, I did. You know, I was an illustrator for a living. No. Oh, you didn't know this? No. Oh, do you want to see some of my drawings? Yes. Oh, I'm going to blow your fucking mind. So um, I used to be an illustrator. I was a fashion illustrator for um, f- uh, TV commercials. I was a, like a professional, very professional artist. Not like in my house, like I did this drawing. You know, like I was like Not legitimately. Not like Pete Davidson in The King of Staten Island. <laughs> Like that's that's where I go when I think I did this sketch. Straight men do one sketch and suddenly they're mysterious. Meanwhile, I'm drawing for TV commercials. Gays are like next. I don't give a shit. I just scroll down so fucking far because there's so many pictures of me naked. All right, well here there's a bunch of pictures I put. These are all my drawings I just kind of put together. No shit. Yeah. Wait, are these oils or are they digital? Some are oil. Some are digital. Some are just watercolor. Yeah. I studied at the the original. Mm-hmm. I mean, divine. I studied at the School of the Artist of Chicago. I lived in Italy painting. Is that Poison Ivy? Uh huh. And Padma? Mm hmm. And who's in the upper left? Who's that gentleman? Uh, the upper left? That's Fran Leibowitz. Fran Leibowitz. I've just been. But look, canceled. it shows how I do the drawing, right? So if you watch, it shows you like the process. Is this on a Pristique? A, yes. Now a... I bought a, um iPad Pro so I can draw on the plane. I can sketch on the plane. So you're like legit. This is like comic book. I I saw you do lots of different stuff. I was very much on my way to like either work for Disney or work for like. Where's your dick? Where's your dick? Show the dick. I can show you. (laughs) Actually, I don't have any of my dick. I've never sent dick pics. It's always my ass or something because I'm always like, I don't know. Dick pics is such such an aggressive text. Is this too weird? Uh, You're sending an ass. Mm -hmm. Closed or open? Uh, Not like fully open. It's a A little, little hint. 
Yeah, yeah, you yeah. want to see where an X-wing would go to avoid a Tie Fighter. Yeah, I and where you'd have to use the Force to make sure he hits the right spot. And then you shoot the two balls into the mm-hmm. and then I, Obi-Wan's I, just there. His voice is there. Yeah, go, Yo, Luke. You fuck. This is an inappropriate time to jump in. You should have done this right before I got on the X-wing, you son of a bitch. So I'm not flying in space with Darth Vader behind me, and suddenly a ghost is talking to me, dude. I was making a U-turn today, and Val was telling me. So we were having a nice conversation. I had to go, Val, just give me a second. Like, I use my real voice. Usually, we're very cute with each other. I'm like, oh, sweetest, I love you. You know, and then mm. I'm like, just give me one hot second. And that was when Obi-Wan came in. Use the full. Shut up. Eat. And also, you sound like Gandalf. <laughs> my Aunt Nikki would be like, what? <laughs> I think you would love Disneyland. Because um, you know why? Everyone loves it. Yeah. When you're older, when you're in your four, I'm in my 40s. You, I literally knew I was in my 40s because I was walking around Disneyland and I went, look at the landscaping. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's very manicured, Katie, right? I'm it's like 35 beautiful. now. I mean, when I walked in your house, I literally thought, <gasps> stunning. Right? You know, if I was 25, I would have been like, I wouldn't even have noticed. That's my experience. I told you it's the sociopath test. If you like our house, because it's like a warm... I, I, when it's I perfect. say modest, I, I saw the dining tape. My dream yes. is to somehow become rich in all. These are literally my aspirations. Tell my me. aspiration is not cool cars and penthouses. It is to have enough space in a New York apartment to have a dinner party. That's my that's my okay, ambition. Watch Halston just for his apartment. No, that'll make me even more jealous. I can't be like. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I have to, I have to. You know, these are my dreams. So you're like, don't make me more gay. Like if I watch that, I'll just become well, more. These commercials, like I've always left carpets. You know, like it's he's so I love him, but I love that like he wasn't out. Like America just, re- I've noticed America. There was a time when America didn't. It didn't matter how flamboyant you were, as long as you didn't say it. Yep. Like people love Richard Simmons, Liberace, Richard Paul Lind, the most conservative, close-minded, anti-gay. This is let me weigh on on this because there's two sides to this issue. We went and saw Hades Town in New York mm-hmm. and there's like a very I don't I, I can't use any funny words and or spice this up there was just a very small thin very reading gay he might have been straight but he seemed very twink go on a twink he's really trying it's like uh-huh. playing uh, you can say twink that's offensive. offensive thank you yeah uh, <laughs> you didn't say there was a faggot and if you did say it part of me would laugh I'd be like that's a horrible thing you just said stop filming and so I could I mean, just be so out of character for you Agree. So, I, like, he might not be gay. Let's just say that. All but right. he seems super gay. Stop it. Thank you. He was you're gay. My, yeah, real quick, this, yeah. is a, this is a litmus test for my Aunt Cindy, right? Yeah. This is, an, this is talking to an Italian-Mexican woman who doesn't put up with bullshit. We're sitting at a table, and I asked my cousin Kelly, oh, what's Britney's new boyfriend like? And she Is he, is he good looking? And she goes, um... My Aunt Cindy goes, all right, you thought too long. And the answer is no. All right, keep going. That's like my I mean, mom. Yeah, yeah. I'm very comfortable with that. In yeah. fact... To say something nice about me, I, I like to tease my parents, but I learned comedy from their mix. My dad was very like, but they're both, they don't do bullshit. They'll be like, it's not always appropriate. They'll be like, she's no painting. <laughs> you know, you're like. My uncle Mike once was like, we can make gay greeting cards. And I was like, what? He's always trying to make money. Mateo, you can draw, make gay greeting cards. And he goes, oh, shut up. What's it going to say? Happy birthday from a gay. <laughs> And if they don't like it, say I'm sorry from a gay. Now sit down. Please, Cindy, please. Cindy, please. I just want to give you a big check from Publishers Clearing House. I'll take like, it. I don't understand. Is the illustration, I know we're jumping all around. I'm, I'm curious, like you do seem to be breaking in comedy. Did you start later? I started at 26. 
Okay, that's not but really I, but I was drawing, there. right? So yeah. I was drawing and I moved to New York for drawing. Yeah. So I've been in New York now for almost 10 years. So it was like I've always had like a really steady career and that like I was on Girl Code on MTV and Guy Code and yep. then I you know, I had a few late night sets and I'd open for other comics. Like I was always doing great, you know, like it wasn't but I, I wasn't making a splash in the sense like I wasn't stopped on the street or like I wasn't getting the show or I wasn't getting a deal. I wasn't get, like it just seemed like everyone around me was like, you get a deal and you get a deal and yes, you get a deal. Yes. And then I was just like, well, I'm playing the the ha ha hut in Oklahoma. And then you know, Andrew Schultz swings in. But literally, Andrew. Yes. Well, I called him because okay. I was at my I was at my end. Good for you. You asked for help. I never asked for help. Can I just say a little advertisement for asking for help. I There have been several times where Berbiglia has pulled me out of a thing and just reminded me of who I am right. or told me what to do. Right. Yeah, keep going. I really did. I really, I was like, I remember like HBO and Netflix both a resounding no to me. And um, they didn't have to glitter it. I know. They, no. <laughs> yeah, they did. They were like, they actually just, they said, I'm sorry from a gay. And <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, who's to gay at Netflix? Gay. So, <laughs> They, they, so then, then this, the script I've been working on with these really great writers, we worked on it for two years. We got a production company. We pitched to everyone. They all said no. And then I wasn't selling tickets. I mean, I literally was like, I don't, now I'm like, I don't know how to make money. I don't know what I'm doing. And so I called, I literally out of the blue called Andrew Schultz because he really like, kind of like, if you imagine the comedy community, just like in a Western saloon, a mm -hmm. place where we all hang out. Mm -hmm. He like looked at us one day and the sunset was going down and he just said, I'll be back and left and came back with like mounds of gold. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. he figured it out while the rest of us are swinging around trying to, you know. So yeah, 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 I yeah. called him and I, I, I just. He found a new frontier. He did. Yeah. And he did it all on his and own. And he shared it. He did. That's huge. And, and I. Some horde. He had me, he had me sing at Radio City for him. I closed his show singing New York, New York. Like he's so giving. It's crazy. Wow. But I called him and I was yeah. in Italy. I texted him and I was like, I am. Can, can you talk? I never ask for help. I promise you. And he goes, tomorrow, 2 p.m. your time. Okay. He called me. Two hours he talked to me. Mateo, you have to take control of your life. Screw these people. If Netflix doesn't get it, you can do this yourself. You don't need them. Because it's already hard enough being gay doing this in stand-up where you're sort of delegitimized by a lot of people, even without them knowing because I'm gay, either I'm not seen as a threat or I'm seen as my materials only gay or companies or Netflix or whoever thinks we don't have an audience for this. Like, people won't watch this. You know, like, it, it, so there's this constant, like, cycle happening in your head of like am i not good like i feel like i'm getting a good response at the seller which by the way the seller is my saving grace and then andrew like two weeks later randomly texted me he's like can you be on my podcast tomorrow morning at 9 a.m i was like sure you know and i just showed up and it was like that's where everything changed because i went on his podcast i thought we were just having like a really fun time there was really funny parts really emotional parts i woke up the next day with twenty thousand new followers wow and even mark norman i told mark he's like how many followers did you get i said twenty thousand. he goes jesus christ so <laughs> <laughs> if you're not laughing google it and, and i know laugh. i sound verbose by the way i please forgive me but i'm just trying to no, thank andrew like yes. and so now i've been doing that with with as, as much as i can with other comics like 
you could really do this. Like you could change. Tell this. me what you he said. That. So he said, "Do Instagram real?" Because I realize I don't have any advice for people trying to make it now. He, I'm like, he, yeah, he, get up at Caroline. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I'm oh like out God. of out of the loop. Please, no one's getting it up at Caroline. <laughs> I love Lewis, but those Wednesday night shows are. So he <laughs> Gomez. The, see, no, Lewis Veranda, oh, who is amazing. Okay. I love him. Um, but but yeah, he just said to me, "Is like." You need to do it on your own. He's like, start putting your your material out on there, cut it up. And he's like, when you do a reel, because reel is trying to compete with TikTok. Now I'm on TikTok, but I don't even look at it because you know, everyone's 12. But a reel, like, make sure you have a cover photo. Make sure you have a, a, a salacious title or something that will catch people's attention. It should be a picture of you doing the stand-up in that set. It should be clear. You should have a few hashtags. Get rid of this watermark. It should be 30 seconds to 50 seconds long. Of stand-up in front of a crowd. Yeah. I see. And and I was like, okay. And so I I was like, well, I just have this hour that everyone said no to. So I just cut it up. I just cut it up. Now it looks like I only wear this one yellow shirt that's like this weird duck from Montreal called Magog. I had no idea what it is. I got it at a thrift store in Burlington. But yeah, so all my clips, I just started doing that. And it was like... And then all of a sudden, I was like, okay, I'm going on tour uh, starting January. My agent was like, everything is sold out. That's so fun. That is what I didn't understand was like, I still kind of don't fully understand it. Like, I still sometimes need to be persuaded. Meaning, when someone was like, you should do a podcast. This is 10 years ago. Mm. I was like, why? Mm. And they were like, because it'll help with touring. And I was like, well, when I thought of touring, I thought of me in Cleveland trying to sell out a club and it was a bummer. But when you sell the show out, guess what? It's not a bummer. Yeah. Right? But I didn't put that together. I was like, you mean I can go on the road more? It's not the road. Now it's touring. Yeah. It's if it's your fans, it's now a pleasure. And you know what? Because I have a lot of gay men who come to my shows, the wait staff always says, your audience was so well behaved. Yeah. Yeah. They smell great. Yeah. And they tip well. This is Queer Eye. Dollar a drink, dollar a bag. I learned that from Queer Eye. I, I wasn't tipping um, Bellman. <laughs> I know. But Don't, that was a really condescending laugh. Bellman? I was like, what? Like a bell guy? Yeah, yes. Oh, work. Okay. I didn't, I didn't, yes. And also, I didn't leave money for the uh, housekeeper. Yeah, you have to leave money for housekeeping. But I, I saw Seinfeld on a podcast. He was like, I think it was rock or somebody was like, I was like 45 when I realized you're supposed to I was to late in life money. before I realized that too. Yes. I just didn't know. But now I'm in hotels every single week. And Are like, you okay, touring constant? Every weekend. Really? Yeah. I'm finally taking a break at the end of May. I'm going to go to Italy for 10, no, for two and a half weeks. I still, it's funny when you were talking about feeling excluded from the scene and maybe this is just. The gay scene? No, no, the comedy, like Netflix and everybody buying oh, I did, stuff. Never the community, but always like the powers that be. Yes, I, yes. We're like every once in a while. And Andrew put it best. He's like, if you're gay, you'll get a lot of heat at first, but then they don't put their money where their mouth is. In other words, and also if you're gay or queer, this is not me trying to be like, woe is me. I've had a great life. I'm just saying it, it's. <laughs> at the end of this, it, we just it, drive it, off a cliff. Like, well, I've had a well, great life. This is our goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> I wouldn't mind dying in this. But, Can I be um, Thelma? <laughs> I'll, I'll be the car. And let's be honest. That's who I am. But you are the but fastest. It just. It, it it just is like I think it's getting better too for sure but like it's just like kind of like well one one gay at a time you know so we're all sort of like fighting That's for the same so spot funny. so this this gets rid of that in other words like now I can just be I can take a shit it and post it. it yeah and then I can also celebrate other queer artists without feeling like they're somehow competing Only against one me of us. Or, yeah right 
Because there's so many funny fucking queer people. There's right. Solomon Giorgio and Joel Kim Booster bleep, and bleep May that, Martin. Bleep that, bleep and, yeah, yeah. Edit this out. River Butcher yeah, and yeah, Jess Tom and Trana Winter and Jay McBride. Get the, all of those out of here. Yeah. River just did the pot. It, it was an I'm upset. River and I started together like almost the same week. Really? And him and I saw each other at uh, Wanda Sykes put on this amazing show for Netflix where it was all these queer people like Eddie Izzard. And it was amazing. And so, but I did get to sit with River and Joel, who we all started together. Oh my God. It really was like a Chicago. Yes. Like we, we just were like, I kept saying to River, I was like, can you believe like from Cole's open mic, like we're sitting here about Cole's, to do the Greek theater? Cole's Tippling House? Is that in Wicker Park? That I call it Coils, but yeah, I think that was the Coles. same. I remember Cameron, at the time Cameron and Adam were hosting, that was my generation, but it was every Wednesday. Need. Yeah. Have you ever almost died? What? <laughs> We jump to this in the conversation. We go from Netflix to Have I Almost Died? Um, have I Almost Died? <laughs> I want to jump. Yeah, I know. I don't think I've almost died. Even as a kid? Uh, well, one time I was climbing my parents. They had a really big dresser. I was like four. <laughs> and I was climbing to get to the top of it. And the whole thing fell over and it caught the bed. And if it, Thank God. If it didn't catch the bed, I would have been crushed and killed. Oh, geez, Louise crazy okay this is what i was gonna ask you speaking of chicago okay that sidebar aside um you did shows in boys town and i remember you saying that was like the worst the worst shows of your life or something no i had good shows in you boys had good town. shows in boys oh town. yeah okay, i used to do shows at sidetrack and um it was run by bradley thomas and uh adam garino way back in the day but this is before i even knew what really stand-up was you know that first like when you're trying to do stand-up and you're just like conf- you know like but my whole family would come, and it was great. They put on these great shows. And it what was, kind of shows were they? They were stand-up, but it was oh, like... stand-up a, shows. Yeah, yeah. And there would be, like, drag I and... I really doubt it, but I did one show. There was a there was a gay uh, male waiter at the Bennigan's, 150 South Michigan. You ever go Oh, to my that God, Bennigan's? that Bennigan's is gone, but I remember that Bennigan's. It's a Walgreens now. I would I get uh, mozzarella sticks in there all the time. Of course, with pineapple pepper cream sauce, I'm, I'm sure, which... <laughs> No, I would listen. I would. People ask for that pineapple pepper cream sauce with their water. I don't like pineapple is that controversial? <laughs> yes, it is. I don't like pineapple. Really? No. Well, seventy percent like of it. them are grown on Hawaii, so I feel like I said what I said. <laughs> You've been there. I've never been to Hawaii, but I've had Bennigan's. Of course, of I went course. to school the Art Institute of Chicago. We go there so for you lunch were right all the time. There. But there was smoking the one on cigarettes. North Michigan. Yeah, there was a smoking. No, this was section. across. It was on Adams. I it think was a, Adams yeah. or what well, was right across from the art. Artist yeah, so Street. Adams in yeah. Michigan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. So there was a. I forget his name, but he was a waiter, and he invited me to do a show in Boys Town. Believe it or not, I was super religious. So I was like, "What denomination? Uh, just regular? No, uh, just regular." <laughs> You were like, we were just the Protestant. American Jesus. Non-denominational the, Protestant. I never know the difference. You know. My dad's Irish. My mom's Italian-Mexican. So I'm the trifecta of Catholicism. That's what I'm saying. Like I was going to say, everything on your side is probably just Catholic. Just guilt. Catholic. Yeah, Catholic. Catholic. You speak four languages? Well, I speak English and Italian fluently. And then I am, to a non-speaker, I am fluent in Spanish. To a Spanish speaker, I am proficient. And maybe the same with French. French? See, Italian and, and Spanish, I'm like, those are close, but French is like... Actually, French is closer technically to Italian than Spanish. Really? Yeah, just the pronunciation oh, of Spanish and Italian. Are... Really? <laughs> yeah. Because I have no idea. the grammar, I think it's 82% the same Italian-Spanish, <coughs> and Italian-French is 89%. I can't hear it because I don't know any French. The, the, the 
accent is different. But What? the words are generally the same. Like, lui mi ha dit, lui mi ha detto, uh, je mange, io mangio, uh, qu'est-ce que tu penses, cosa tu pensi, je l'ai incontré, io incontrato, like... It's Whoa. the same. They're, you know, we use. I my French is pretty brutal. I'm sure the French speakers are like no, I don't know But if you just speak Italian with a French accent, sometimes it works. <laughs> no, I do not like it. <laughs> I when I was in Rome with my parents, really knowing I was ruining the city, as my father is asking to be taken to the Vino Vendetta, <laughs> which is not a thing. I would speak sp uh, Spanish. And that, that's would fine. That works. Yeah. A lot of Spaniards or Latin. Uh, Americans or Latin people go to Italy and they just speak Spanish slowly and the Italians understand. Interesting. But, but I can't understand Portuguese. I speak three Romance languages and I cannot understand any Portuguese, like not a word. Yeah, Portuguese to me sounds like Spanish, but like kind of like underwater or something. Like Spanish, Russian, kind of like, well, fall in the gaze, like that has the kind of in the nose sound. Yes, a lot of vosotros. Let's be honest. No, vosotros is Spanish from Spain, okay, which I, I like. <laughs> Because Italian, because Italians use voi, which is vosotros, which means you all. But in part, most parts of Latin America or Central America, they say ustedes instead of vosotros. So vosotros sounds, but I like vosotros. I have a question. Uh, I was really thinking about this. Uh, not for you. I was in the shower and I was thinking, uh, in Spanish, if Tony Stark is saying, I am Iron Man, I am like the big moment, I am Iron Man. Um, Would that be a stoy or soy? Yo soy. I, like a real firm I, I am. I think so, man. right? Because estoy is like, I would say yo soy Mateo. I wouldn't say yeah. estoy because yeah, it's not a possibility you, I'm something else. But if you had another persona. Well, I think in Italian, yo sono Mateo. I would never say sto Mateo. Yo sono Mateo. Sto would be like yo sto male or yo sto bene. Like I'm good or I'm bad in terms of like my health. My, sono Mateo. When you go to Rome, are you just like hot shit because you're an American comedian who's fluent in uh, Italian? Is it like, it must be, that's the Matteo like, I want to be. I just kind of blend in. So like last time Everybody I went to Rome. Everybody just you're Italian. No, I mean, they, like when I'm with my friends, they obviously know, we don't speak English with each other, but like yeah. they obviously, like every once in a while I'll be like, what was that word? And usually they're saying an American word with an Italian accent. And I don't understand it. <laughs> they're like, ah, oh, yeah, le cantate, Mariah Carey. I'm like, come, come, che cos'è? Mariah Carey, Mariah Carey, Mariah Carey. <laughs> I was like, I thought I didn't know a word. But I look Italian, like the Italians, until I start speaking, they all think that I'm from Italy because I just look so Italian. But when you go, is it like the most fun? What's different from like hanging out in Manhattan, going to restaurants and stuff and Rome? Like, what well, are you like? Now we're in Rome. We can do this. I hang out with comedians who are Italian. So it's the same vibe. Really? Francesco Di Carlo, who's a really funny Italian comedian, um, or Salverio. We, we, it's, it's like, it's literally the same energy, conversations, everything, but in Italian. It stinks. Yeah. You stink. Yeah, like my friend Francesco. Like, oh, this, uh, that, the stage. Uh, why are the lights uh, so bright? Uh, it's, it's frustrating. Uh, you know. We did a show together in Rome last time. We had 400 gays in Rome coming to watch us. No shit. fabulous. So you've done stand-up in Italian. Yes, but... But... You, I This time we tried to advertise it as English, but then you would say something and they would stare at you and so I would translate it and then they would, you know. But one time I tried translating a really old joke of mine where I got called potato instead of Mateo at Starbucks and I tried to translate it and it doesn't, 
work because yeah. potato and potato don't rhyme in Italian. So I looked like an asshole. What's the word for potato? Potato. Potato and Matteo. You know. Hey, you sono andato a Starbucks. E loro mi chiesto, ah, che cos'è il tuo nome? Ho detto Matteo. Loro hanno scritto il mio nome alla, ta- alla tazza. E ho visto, ma dice potato. It's like, first of all, they don't have coffee to go. They don't have Starbucks. They don't write on names on cup. A tazza as a glass cup you drink. At the, none of it made sense. I no like coffee a, to go in, in Rome. No. Can I say? Because I want you to like me and be impressed. Let me hear it. I had an espresso today. Okay. I had it for there. I, I drank it there. I don't get you have to. an espresso yeah. to go. I drink it in the you have shoppy. Espresso shouldn't, should be drank right away because Absolutely. it goes bitter shit. after yes. 30 seconds. And also, the kind of co- you don't have cappuccino after 11 a.m. Tell me why. You just don't. That's the Italian rule. Just shut never. up. That's why. Literally. <laughs> literally. Why? You know, no reason. Never. You would have it at before 11 or 12, never after. They look, it's just a morning drink. It's a morning drink. And, and what's an afternoon drink? Espresso or macchiato or a double espresso. No, no real iced coffee. No coffee to go. No Starbucks. You know the the coffee culture in Italy is super specific. Okay, I'm glad to know that. Especially in Naples, they're very. They're even more. Why? They're just. It's like this is the way it is. This is the way we do it. So be a barista, a real one. Okay. In Rome. Okay. Or Napoli. Naples. Yeah, my grandma's from Naples. And I go in. Looked at your legs again. I go in. And uh, it's 3 p.m. and I order a cappuccino. That's the scene. And I just want your face. Okay. You're going to make it. All right. Okay. okay. Signore, prego. Uh, could I have a cappuccino, please? No. <laughs> no, please. Uh, you know, with milk and espresso. No, 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 no. With, uh, d- Caffè espresso a lungo. Che c'è macchiato. Però no, cappuccino. Che no, la mattina. Senti, che questo americano dice che lui... No. I watched a waiter yell at Nicole Byer in Rome. No. I took Nicole Byer Tell and Sashirza so made it to Rome. We we did a last minute trip. We're hanging out. And you know, Nicole, she's like, I love rules. Love rules. And so we're sat we went to this pizzeria, uh, like a Roman pizzeria, right? They do Roman pizza, not the Naples way. Da, da, da. So we're sitting there and we get it. And she's like, I want more cheese on top. I said, I would not ask that waiter for more cheese. She goes, but I like more cheese. And so she goes, a waiter, you know, and and Nicole's so charming. And I every, am and dead already. He looks at her and she goes, "Can I have more cheese?" No, and just walked away from her. And she goes, "Oh, okay, all right. I love rules. I love rules. I love rules. Went, I love rules." Yeah. <laughs> that is embarrassing to me, and I'm not that culture. I told her I was like, she got. We go to this place. It's called La Fresquetta di Castel San Angelo in Rome. Oh, they're a sponsor. Go to Francesca. Da, 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 slash la, fres- la Fresquetta. <laughs> la Fresquetta di Castel. De Castel. Sant'Angelo. Sant'Angelo. They so have the best carbonara Sant'Angelo's... in Rome. Castle, but La Fresquetta. Uh-huh. It's the best carbonara in Rome. It's there's I. It's incredible. And I will. I, can I give you a thousand dollars to just take me to Rome? Let's go. Okay, yeah. I'll show you the whole city. Val and we I can do a show together. Yes. I'll tell you where to get the best pasta. Would they? Could I do stand up in English? Yeah, really. Yeah, we could do like an English speaking show. You, me, and Francesco. Whoa, I would love that. Let's do it. Except I worry that like the stress of stand up would ruin the fun. You know, you worry You've a little never bit been about to the it. show. You've never, well, you got to come to Italy with us. Yes. There's no stress. No stress. We literally were eating pasta. Are you smoking cigarettes? All the time. First thing I do, I get to the airport. I'm like, vorrei Marlboro Light. Yeah. Because it's not bad for you in No, Europe. it's healthy. It actually helps. It's preferred. <laughs> it 
it's preferred. But don't the cigarettes there have like a picture of like a tumor on the box? Oh yeah, just like dead people all the time. Yeah. Like, but but for some reason, like when I see people smoking in America, I'm like, you disgusting pig. In Italy, I'm like, oh, where'd you get that smoke? Yes. It just looks so good. I need. You need to smoke around cobblestone and ancient ruins. That really helps the look. Of course. Oh, have you ever rid, ridden, ridden, rode a Vespa? Do or- you think I turned Italian yesterday? Yes. Absolutely. Vespas. Of course. Una motorino. Okay, forgive. forgive a motorino. It's like a, a motorino. Yeah. A small um, motorcycle. Um, yeah, like a little like beep beep. And you're okay navigating? Well, I ride on the back. Are you kidding? I yes. Would, they are unwell in Italy. So they don't listen to traffic rules. I was in Tuscany and it was the most insane thing. And it was one of those. And they're good in Tuscany. They really? drive. Oh, have you, Naples is like, it's, it's like otherworldly. We were on the freeway and I was like, I think it's culturally inappropriate for me to tell this guy to stop texting. Like it actually felt like texting, smoking. It was helping him somehow. They're it was insane because everyone was doing it. So it was like the symphony of. Tell me, we have two uh, things in the fire that we haven't really touched. One is illustrating and what happened, and then the other is opera singing and mm-hmm. what happened. Mm-hmm. I know you still sing, and mm-hmm. and you talked about performing for Schultz, but I'm interested in how both of those things played out, or 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 how you found a space for them in your life. What we'll start with illustrating. What happened there? Sure, I've, my you're mom, still doing it, my, or no? Well, now for fun, you know what I mean. But like my my mom is. My mom is probably the best artist I've ever seen. And I really think it's genetic because my brother is one of the top designers at Apple. My sister can draw interior decoration, very artistic. And I really was an illustrator. And from a young age, like I look at my drawings now from when I was four and I was like, okay, I was clearly prodigy. Like I was doing so (laughs) many like great drawings. But we just came from a... And what I loved about my growing up with my parents did with me is... There was no pressure to do anything besides just being a kid. And mm. we would do claymation videos, animation videos. My Stop brother motion? and I. Oh, yeah. My my cousins had a camcorder, which, you know, look, was so big. It looked like you worked for Lucasfilm back then. <laughs> and my, we, my brother and I figured out how to do animation. And so we would do these animation and you would click record for a second and unrecord and put up the next picture. Click With like a VHS camcorder? Mm-hmm. Which you had to time out because those things you'd push it and we'd go like... And then you'd have to stop. And we'd do claymation, stop motion, animation. And my mother was very good at at like my mother was just my mother's the best mother just so like peaceful and calm and and just like loving and and she, we would cook with her every night so me and my brother and sister would line up look at my face i just don't understand what's going it's on it's true we would, I co- know. We would cook with my mom every night we would we make pizza right you you make the dough you watch it rise like that was really fun for us is to sit there and like we'd watch it rise and and, and like making sauce making meatballs making and pop and we we just everything. You're the kid in the photo with the two jugs of wine. Literally walking. Home. My dad makes wine. Your dad makes. He's wine. Irish, but he makes wine. He did it. Mm-hmm. Here's a weird one. Like, feel free to say it just wasn't that way for me. But so many comedians I've talked to, hundreds at this point, usually became comedians because there was some lack in mm. some way. Usually in the family, but it sounds this is, sounds so idyllic. What? Where does? Because you clearly have. You're one of us. Oh, yeah. Where did that come? Where did that dent come? It's not within the family. It's from the outside. It was the rest of the world. Like, they're, you know, Fran Leibowitz put it best as, like, a lot of gay people or queer people because you're all just playing a script, so to speak. In other words, like, you're not thinking about... Your life's already paved for you. TV, commercials, 
families, religion, everything is just paved for you. Well, at a young age, I was very aware I wasn't the same. And mm. so there's like, you're observing. You're just observing a lot. You're outside watching everybody like else not play to the script. Yeah. And it's like, because I'm naturally not playing to the script and because I'm different, I'm made fun of, I'm made hyper aware of who I am, what my faults are, what's wrong with me, why I walk weird, why I talk weird, why I look weird, why I, you know, it was just like a constant, um, it, it was a constant being told what I'm doing is wrong. Mm. And it sets up this sort of horrible psyche in you where you're like, okay, I have to, I literally I had like a checklist. Like every day, am I walking right? Do I look gay? Am I standing right? Am I doing this right? Am I talking right? Do I sound this way? You know, and you're just, you're just like so, um, uh, you're like castrated. Like you're, mm. you're, 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 you're not allowed to be yourself. You're so, yeah. you're bound. You're bound. Yeah. And, and so, there's a long time of self-hate and you try and build up this like Frankenstein monster made up of bits and pieces of what you think other people will like of you. Mm. And it's not until you come out, it doesn't just tear away. You have to learn how to like, how does that, even in my writing, like with my jokes, like a lot of my humor in the beginning was misogynistic or internalized homophobia because that's all I knew. Mm. Those were survival tactics of like, if I say this sassy thing about what someone's wearing, yeah. I'll get approval. And yeah. it's, and I'm not saying there's not a space for that. I just don't write that way anymore. But like, I'm a better writer now, obviously. And I'm more comfortable with who I am now. It was self- but it was, it was, I was self-hating. Yeah. I was unwell with how I felt about myself. And it's only because I'm, I was literally observing how other people viewed me and making uh, examinations about myself through other people than myself. So yeah. I'm still a people pleaser. Yeah. You know, I'm still, did they like me? Do you think it was okay? Did I say something wrong? Are they mad at me? Yes. It's a constant struggle to sort of like be okay with myself. And, yes. you know, it was good to have people like my Aunt Cindy or my Aunt Lisa or people in my life who were like warrior figures to me to like give me that strength. Like there's times I summon the energy of my Aunt Cindy because mm. I need that like like warrior Captain strength Planet. literally <laughs> but way less gay and but but that's where that comes from you know what i mean so like my struggle wasn't like at home i was you know i had divorced parents or this and that or yes, whatever yes. i'm not saying there's not trauma in my family of course but um because my mother's childhood was traumatic yes but um mine comes more from that which i think is there's that line that thread is very similar with a lot of other queer people. Yes. There's this, 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 like, nervousness. When did you know that you were gay? I know that it's kind of a... Four, five. Really? Oh, yeah. So that's... that's The reason I ask is because that's when it's like... Well, I, I'll ask you, because this is the feeling, right? Yeah. When did you know you were straight? I mean, I, as soon as I asked that, I was like, "What?" I thought the same thing. Same thing. What would I say if somebody said that? Right. And, buddy, this is completely different i always want to be careful not to like be like there's nothing hey, that's gonna offend me no 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 if not it a, is we'll cut it out not, uh, not offend you but try and um trauma uh like i had my weirdness my weirdness was feeling like you even though i am i am straight um i used to have a joke you have to look in the file and be like am i still straight because there was so much conditioning to be straight you know what I'm saying? Like from the culture, same things you were noticing. I was also noticing pre-sexual. And I think, let's put it this way, I started like jerking off like eighth grade or whatever. So that's around the time that I really was having some sort of relationship with sexuality, which was wrought with conflict. 
Right. The first time I, I did that, I stopped myself from climaxing because I felt incredibly guilty, which is horrible for your body, by the way. Don't do that. Just just let yeah, it out. It really hurts. That blue ball really hurts. It really hurts. I also thought I could give myself HIV because there was so much of that going on. Well, also, add on to that, I came from the 80s. So That's like, what I'm saying. When I was a kid, all I knew about being gay is that you'll die of AIDS. That was the message I was being, that was the, that I was receiving. Again, not to, I'm saying when I was taught about sex, I was taught about that in the same conversation. Right. So of course, I remember being, this is no for sure, but in the bath, being like, I think I'm gonna, what's happening? <laughs> it's the overshare it alarm. You're gonna have a vulnerability hangover if you say this. Like there was just a truck in your backyard backing up. Hilarious. <laughs> I mean, weird if like, you just look back and it's like, how but it's a little truck. Very small. Poor Katie Levine, our wonderful producer, is trying to figure out the cameras. It's the battery. All right, we're swapping batteries on the wide. But the, the close-ups will get it. Jerking off in the bathtub. Eighth grade. And there, credits. Thinking. And there's thousands of names on those credits. Thousands. <laughs> the animators, Korean names, all PAs. sorts of special thanks. Mm-hmm. Set babies. Mm-hmm. Wow, they Catering. Set babies. Translators. <laughs> Want to hear my credits bit? Sure. It always says no animals were harmed in the production of this film. I'm like, what about catering? <laughs> Thousands of chickens died. <laughs> For way of the dog. Thousands of cows died. Chickens. <laughs> Grow up. I used to have a joke about that. I don't eat meat, but I was like, fuck chickens. You can't you be doing that. You don't eat any meat right now? Much. I, I haven't eaten meat. I, I'll cheat with chicken maybe once a year. Right. Uh, because I fucking love it. Yeah. But I am a vegan. Of all the meats, you go for chicken? Chicken's my fave. I would be really, oh, you're vegan. Fuck, how are we going to bring you to Italy to eat? Uh, when I went to Italy, when I went to Tuscany, I was definitely pescatarian, maybe eating a little chicken. Okay. And I definitely they, ate they some veal by accident. in Italy. Yeah, I know. They lo- like carbonara, alla geisha, yeah. alla matriciana. That's a hard one. I don't want to tell you why. I mean, chickens are dumb and they do stare at the sun, like just burning the, the inverse of their retina into their dumb little brains. But pigs are dogs. Yeah, no, pigs are smart. Pigs are smarter than dogs. Yeah. And they scream. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Make it a meme. Make it a meme. They do but you know scream. What? It's um I'm sorry, go on with what you were saying. That what was, was I saying? I cheat with chicken once a year. No, I trauma. We were talking trauma. about like you and oh. feeling guilty jacking off. Oh, just that I also growing up in the eighties had so much fear stapled to my sex ed. But that's also like, like, I mean, it's there's like a puritanicalness of the 80s with Reagan and like the push from the religious right. And oh, I think they liked it. They were like, but you're gonna die. Like, they they almost were celebrating that there was a really practical way to scare people. Well, because I think there's a lot of like a lot of like head of religious figures. Um, I think that their push against certain things, especially with gay people, it's a it's sort of their last attempt to prove their existence. In other mm. words, like in the 14th century, you know, you would use paintings as propaganda to stop Lutherans from going to the church and come back to Catholicism and the, like the pressure of hell and all that. So it was all just wow. to sort of keep control of people. Very interesting. What would so, you paint to scare a Lutheran? Oh, there was a, a lot of those El Greco paintings. <laughs> well, it was, like, it was hell, like all the inferno and hell. Yes. I mean, the, the Catholics push hell because it frankly made them more money. 
interest very and purgatory made them more money you well, know that oh, was that was a financial decision that, that I, i've heard yeah. that, that the church was in dire straits your child died like, it didn't get baptized you, you have can to pay us pay. We'll, we'll pray for it to go to heaven so all these people are praying their whole lives for their dead child i have another fun fact you probably already know at art history hmm. but that a lot of the only way you could paint the human form was to paint things like hell Mm-hmm. So it was like this religious excuse. That's what so Michelangelo be, was like. Love hell, exactly. All those asses, writhing bodies. I mean, that is deeply homoerotic. Is it was deeply he, homoerotic? Was I mean, he a gay man? Okay, that's a great. I place. mean, that's like the that's like the was pig Michelangelo gay? Gay with the Sophia say in the Golden Girls, gay as a picnic basket. <laughs> what does that mean? Picnic baskets are really gay. This is fun to carry a meal in a red and white checkered cloth. Grow up. You are ridiculous. the king of comedy. I'm I, loving this. Queen. Uh, okay, the queen of comedy. <laughs> I've resisted every time I wanted to say girl to you. And, and by the end of this podcast, you should I'll say, find you a should way. Say, I, it's a very freeing word. We girl. Okay on We're time? totally good. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> girl. Okay, there it was. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about art history and painting and hell and propaganda kind of, and propaganda well we were talking about like the the last attempts of the religious right to sort of have a hold over people and, and sexuality and sexuality yes. and look sexuality is a great way for religious people to tell you they're wrong here's the enemy it's it's always the search for the enemy is where my red flag goes up because you know the 80s and the 70s and all it all could have been so avoided if we had just uh, matured a little bit from our thinking, but totally, but you and know, othering as, people, of course. And, yes. and, and Christopher Hitchens, who I love, was like, you know, the one toy that people will not give up is is their beliefs, and so you, it's, it's, it's weird to wow, be in a position. I love that. That's interesting. Yeah, it's it's for me, it's weird to be in a position where it's like my reality somehow doesn't trump the, uh, the the belief. In other words, someone right. says, "Well, I believe in this thing." I'm like, "Well, I'm right here." <laughs> No, no. That's I said that's I like believe in this thing. Bit he goes. They say it. no, 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 not at all. He has a bit that reflects the spirit of what you're saying, mm-hmm. which is he. I I remember seeing it when I was religious, and he was like, "The church says don't jerk off." I'm like, "Sure, I will. It's my dick." Right. And I'm like, "Do you see how he's saying something profound?" I actually think Bill is. Are saying, you not religious anymore? I, I hate to say it, but like millions and millions and millions and more and more people, I'm spiritual but not religious. So I don't even know what that term. means, spiritual. Uh, well, I just thought it was. I thought it would make you laugh. That is hilarious. Yeah, that it, was a bit. Well, people say I don't, I'm spiritual. I'm like, what does that mean? I'm spiritual. What? <laughs> well, <laughs> what does that mean? I'm. Sp- I don't know what that means. I I'm listen spiritual. to Sting. I listen to his music. I have linen pants. I have a lute. The linen pants. Yeah, linen pants. Lululemon. It's an uh, aesthetic. Val calls it I asked Buddha for bigger tits. That's all like Santa Monica <laughs> spirituality is often like I, I hope I'm not like harping on tits. I do, I'm very interested in, in religion and stuff. No, not spirituality. But I'm very You like religion. Well, I'm very interested in it as a subject, but I'm not religious, obviously. And not spiritual. No. Uh it's interesting. What it David Bowie said religion is for people who are afraid of hell, spirituality is for people who have already been there. I think, you know what, I guess what I would sort of... I have another Bono quote when you're done. I can't stand Bono. It's enough. <laughs> Bono, please. Can we, we have artists like Barbara Streisand out there, and we're still... We, <laughs> that is so funny. We're all mad that he gave us free music. Um, but 
everyone's still mad about that. Like, Wait, the red iPod? I'll, when he, yeah, on the iPod, it, all of a sudden on my iPod, here's Bono. Like, I'm in the little, like, you put it on shuffle, it's Mariah Carey, it's <laughs> Mariah Sarah Vaughn, and all of a sudden, Bono. I'm like, I, I'm like there was no, like that a was visceral invasive. reaction. No, oh, it was wrong. Music is so... But, yes. um, no, I, I sort of think of it this way, and I wonder what, how you feel about it, where I feel like the the... Okay, spirituality. I feel an um, an enlightened sense of living when I sing, right? Believe it. But I feel what we're so concerned with what's not in front of us that we lose touch with what is in front of us. And I think a lot of times humanity is, you know, the qualities of humanity or being with people or caring for people is so much more important than worrying about what happens to us when we die. Oh, I agree. And I think a lot of times people, like with religious people, and even like spirituality, it's this concern of like, the stars are speaking to me. I feel this way or that way. And it's like, we're, ri- we're okay, sure. But also what's happening right in front of us? And I feel like a oh, lot we- of problems stem from the the curiosity of the unknown rather than the curiosity of what's in front of us. Completely agree. I, I'm going to butcher the quote, but it, I mean, we're really on the same page. I think it's 90% of the world's problems stem from the fact man's inability to sit in a room by himself and talk about being present with well, that's what just, is. That's the problem. You can't be Italian and never be by yourself. You're never alone. Hilarious. It's just so, well, you, you can't take a shit without your grandma calling like, I heard it was rough. <laughs> you are talent. Yeah, I'm sorry to talent. cut you off. I'm so sorry. You're sculpted from talent. Um, sculpted. <laughs> we didn't even talk about that. You're very fit. People can look that up other places. That's not this kind of show. We're going to talk about God. Work. I hate uh, afterlife insurance is like the least interesting version of spirituality to me. Just to let you know why I'm into it is spirituality is, is the um, pursuit or the or the desire for connection with that which does not change. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about being present, here here's an, a little exercise. When you were ten. Mm-hmm. There was a sense of being, right? There was a sense of awareness. Was there, or was I just watching Sleeping Beauty over and over again, pretending I was Maleficent? Dead. Or Sailor Moon. Ten? Sailor Moon. No, X-Men. I thought I was Storm. Storm. Very good. Still obsessed with her. I'm obsessed. My heart still swells when I see like old X-Men animated cartoons. Do you cartoons. like Halle Berry as... No. No. She, she, not to her fault, but, but... But I mean... They ruined Storm. And Catwoman, kind of. Oh, cares about Catwoman? I... Don't give a fuck about Catwoman either. either. I don't care about Batman anymore. It's enough already. Jeez. The last movie looks like a, a hot topic employee was going around fighting crime. It was like, grow up. I wanted to high five you. The hands started to go up. Joe DeRosa said the funniest thing. He's like, I don't want to see Fiona Apple as Batman. It's true. That That's how I felt. It. Yeah, I that don't. That is it. He also said to me, he texted it to, he voice memoed it to me. He was like, Holmes, it looks like Batman's mad at his mom. Like, where's the meatloaf, ma? And I, I, I responded, but not enough. He was like, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> but the last one, part of the problem with me for the last one, one, I don't think they made it for me. I'm a 43-year-old. I want to see him kicking ass, solving crimes. He was like always behind the eight ball. But two, it had Catwoman in it. Anytime well, Catwoman. I, loved, I did like Catwoman in that movie. And her jawline looks great. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she looked amazing. She did have a great jawline. Oh, that's incredible. Do you exercise your jawline? No. I got filler here and here, though. What's so it filler? looks like, it like stuff to make it look a little sharper. What does that mean? Wouldn't like, you want to remove to make it no, sharper? No, no. They put, no, you add. So, like, it looks a little sharper, like more jaw. You put more here. Here and here, yeah. And did it, like, tighten? No, it, it, it just changed a very little bit. And the, what are they putting in there? Like, the, uh, packing <laughs> peanuts? Play Doh. I have no idea. I just said, do it. 
I love. I didn't how, care. I love how hard you dodged my earnest exploration of your spirituality. Oh, sorry. We can no, go back to it. I'm. I'm very, no, because there are moments like I. 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 Uh, de- I haven't had this in a long time with drawing. There's only a few moments in, in, in not. I'll put it this way. There's only been I. I. You always draw to keep the skill going. But I can think of five times in my life where I was possessed by something in my head and I had I couldn't sleep or eat or do anything until it was on paper. Yes. That very few times. So th- those moments That's remind me with- there's maybe something more to humanity or that humanity is more than I'm allowing it to be. But um, I'm too much of a, a no-and to yes. meditate or do any of that stuff. Yeah, I hear that. And... I, this is going to sound, I don't want it to sound condescending, but like I wouldn't change you for the world. Like I, I want everybody to be themselves and I'll be the weird hippie spiritual guy. You just guy. called me a faggot. You're a f- <laughs> I do say it and you do laugh. We, but and we, we keep don't that. Edit it yeah, out. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we keep that as is. Oh my God. We, oh shit, Anna. Love it. Um, well, you you think dead over? I mean, these are the, the regular. It's over when you Again, die. Again, I'm like, I don't, it's, it has nothing to do with this right now. My but mind doesn't a, go there. Can I just say, as a compliment, if this means anything to mm. you, I find that to be deeply, I'm going to spiritual, or we could just say, I find that profound mm-hmm. and beautiful, mm-hmm. meaning the present moment is what's happening. But when you quiet your mind and, and just accept what is, that's where you can kind of feel the hum of what I would call awareness. That was I, there when you were 10. I'll, I'll hear like now. dream lover. Dream lover. When I quiet my mind, like, ding. You are comedy. I wish I heard that when I. Yeah. That was beautiful. No, I my, my mind does wander. I hate social media because when I the one time I used to be able to sit and draw for hours. I get like a ream of paper and I could go through that in two days. And I loved being alone and my family was asleep and I'd be up at the kitchen table drawing all night. And that has left me. Can I say though? Well, I, you probably have it in other ways. One, you, I, you're definitely in the flow when you're doing stand up. Yeah, but stand up's a different type of flow. It's it's because art is so it's it's in your solitude. You yes. know, it's personal. Like, well, I, I want to say that that's your that from my worldview that was Ooh, oh my god Sorry. what are you supposed to do that scared me my trainer changed our schedule so i have to train i was reminding myself to change it need when you were in that flow you were able to don't let me add a narrative that isn't true but you tell me if this is true when you were drawing reams of paper and you were alone mm-hmm. and you were just kind of following this internal yes and this muse and all this stuff i have a feeling you probably dropped what i would you dropped the story you weren't thinking i'm mateo i'm 22 years old well, it heightens your sensitivity tell me when when i'm that deep in drawing your body becomes very you're, so you become you, you're, embodied you're emotionally sensitive yes open. you know um open you're just sensitive i don't know open maybe not the right word tell me why uh, open, you know, because I would still say Did I, I hate those pants. And, yeah, yeah. Oh, not open. No, I'm, I'm, I was trying to make you laugh. No, the, one one of my favorite quotes that Barbara Streisand said. I'm going there. Is um, she? You know, this one girl asked her a question on Inside the Actors Studio, and they were like, uh, "How did you like?" Because she's so perceived as being thick skinned and tough, and you know, like, and she, how do you how do you say thick skinned in this industry? She goes, "I'm not." 
she goes, you know, as an artist, I need to be sensitive and draw on those sensitivities yes. in order to create. And so I don't mind saying I'm thin skinned. Yeah. And I am sort of That's our job. in that way. Yes. Yeah, you have to, you can't get too hardened because then you stop observing. And then you start doing, forgive if this is wrong, but what you were doing as a child, which is wondering what you're supposed to be and filtering how you feel through that filter and then coming back and it comes out false. What we're trying to do as artists and, and, and humans that are artists and living artfully, I don't mean just comedians, saying we're trying to live authentically. Well, the artist is trying to, the problem is being an artist is an energy inside of you and then you have to train your physical body to release that energy without the, the least amount of resistance. Mm. So, you know, in other words, if I'm drawing something, the reason I'm drawing over and over again is because I have the idea in my head. I see it in my head. The problem is my physical body that's not allowing me to get that idea down. That's why you draw the same thing over and over and over and over and over again so that you are you have the least amount of resistance. When I, when I see it in my head, I can, you can get it, it on paper. Wow. It's never always right. Mm. Uh, but singing, the same. Uh, Stand-up, the same. You know, I, I've always felt that all art is the exact same, but it stems from the same place. It's just a different type of expression. Yes. And whatever physical part of your body is... You need to it, train. Yeah. To so, get good enough to authentically recreate it. Right. Like With singing, it's like there's a certain expression in singing that I want to have. But if I'm not trained well enough, I'll never get that expression. In other words, I'll never reach the full artistic... Uh, momentum that I need mm. or expression if I'm limited by my physical right by physicalness so you know there's a lot of training I've always you know sort of trained for everything trained for stand up trained for singing trained for drawing getting your reps in yeah I do I mean, feel like I live yeah. a little bit in a straight jacket you know like I don't go out I don't party I don't, I'm very cautious about how much sleep I get and stuff like I'm not oh really mm, I, I, I barely drink maybe once every six months Really? Because it fucks up your sleep? I just am now, I like getting sleep and feeling good. And I'm very routine based that my mother instilled that into me. This is so weird, but I'm like delighted because it's such a bummer. It's like when I tell people pig scream, it's like, <laughs> but when you have one drink before bed, it interrupts your sleep by like something preposterous. It's like 28% or something. I don't see the point of drinking before going to bed. I know some people do. So many people do. Mm. They're having, because it helps you fall asleep, but alcohol can only I've stay in your body. I've never falling asleep. Really? Do you know what I do when I fall asleep? Tell and me. someone told me that it's a type of meditation that I didn't realize I've been doing since I was a kid. I literally close my eyes and three minutes later, I'm in a REM. Tell me everything. I literally imagine myself as a superhero with powers in like some sort of situation. And I'm like fighting someone or something or like I'm using weather powers or something. Storm. But, but storm. Yeah. Essentially storm. In two and a half minutes, I'm asleep. Because your brain, I'm not thinking about anything else but like a fun fantasy. But that fantasy is a type of meditation. Like imagining a ball moving in a... Whatever you do when you meditate. Yeah, I'm essentially <laughs> doing the same thing, but it's storm. I feel like you called me the hard F word. Just <laughs> I did. Whatever you do when you meditate. It's like an eye roll. I meant it. <laughs> That's really... Matei, I really relate to that. People know on this podcast I've talked about falling asleep, always thinking that I'm Batman, like perched mm. somewhere high. Somewhere Forgive safe, me, I didn't know that. Somewhere, No, 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 somewhere strong. You want to be like powerful, safe, 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 safe. I, I used to, I don't do this as much anymore, but like a sniper in a, in a perch because you're armed, you're up high and you're safe. I, I have to imagine some snipers are dozing off. Like it seems so cozy. Yeah, that's a boring job, isn't it? <laughs> Until it's not. Right. And then you get like one chance to do it. You're like... Oh, 
that? It, if you miss, it's like, well. That was the perfect. <laughs> oh, boy. Like, <laughs> you mess. And, yeah. You go like this. You know. I'm going to hear about that later yeah. when I walk four kilometers that way to yeah. talk to the guys. <laughs> that is so true. funny. When I was in Chicago, there was a guy I was very at Bennigan's that I was very threatened. His name was Corey, and he told me that he wanted to be a late night talk show host, Ugh, which what I, a terrible job. Hilarious. I would hate that. A lot of them do tend to hang it up. Corden's about to hang it up. Well, go ahead. Mm. Okay. When, <laughs> when I I love James. When I just when I did it last, he he told me the number of the show he was on, and I was like. When you're counting the episodes, that's that has to be taking a toll on you. That's all I'm saying. I know yeah, Conan, Conan I, said the same thing. It's like yeah, there were days that I saw I love him Conan O'Brien when he was like, I was like, hey man, this is the dream, and he was like, there was like a look on his face that was like, is it? But that's anything that's just make anything you have to do every day is going to be difficult because you have to do it in every mood you can possibly be in. Yeah, it, that would be even though it's like only forty minutes a day. Somehow the repetition makes you feel like and the writing. You know, yeah, a lot I, of yes, no. Well, late night is such a strange medium because it doesn't fit in anymore. You know, the problem is I love watching like the old Dick Cavett shows. Like you watch Dick Cavett and Catherine Hepburn. These are two people having legitimate conversations. Right. Now you watch... Um, There's you know, a pre-interview. Any, yeah, it's all like, oh, so uh, you, you were, um, uh, you went to the grocery store. You know, it's like... That like, was a great Fallon. Yeah. And Fallon's got a great gig. Look, he's got a great What's family in life. You know? But it's like, it just, it's like they come up, they've got the PR person. You can't talk about this. You can talk about this. You can't talk about this. But they're selling this thing. They got the stylist. They have this. Now they've got eight minutes. Yes. Get, it's so inauthentic. It's like the antithesis of comedy. Yes. It's the antithesis of humanity. It's like, that's why I this think that's why podcast, Conan loves podcasting. That's yes. why I think he loves Conan's it. Conan's a brilliant interviewer and, that's and a what he brilliant mind. Not what he should have been doing the whole time. I'm glad he did Late Night, but you can hear him. It sounds like a stallion running right. as fast as it can. Right. As opposed to the last time I did Conan's talk show, I remember I've just... I've never met him. I've always wanted to. Really? I love you him. you got to do his pod. Tell him. I'd go on any I'll, second. I'll, I'll tell him. Please. Absolutely. His, I believe that... Because The Simpsons is one of my favorite TV shows of all time, specifically seasons four, five, and six. And I want to ask him so many questions about Mr. Burns because I truly believe he wrote Mr. Burns in season four because Mr. Burns was like every every villain. He was like the Wicked Witch. He was Darth Vader. Release the Hounds. Yes, and he's and he's right in the charity. He he even released the hounds. That, My favorite, <laughs> Mr. Burns, and I think you'll like this as yes, a comedian. There was an episode where Homer fell in love with Mindy at work, and he was like yeah. almost having an affair. It's one of the best episodes. One of the best. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, there's a, a the vacuum. Oh yeah. Oh Mindy, you came, came and you, you found me a turkey. Great Homer. And I do a good Marge too. It's because you can sing. Impressions yeah, or tone? It's, it's, yeah, it's exactly. imitating. But the my favorite Mr. Burns was they used the company credit card and all of a sudden an alarm goes off in the office of Mr. Burns and it's like, eh, eh, and Smith is like, ah, oh, Mr. Burns, someone's using the company credit card. I see. And then he like opens up this cage of flying monkeys from the Wizard of Oz. He goes, fly, my pretties, fly. And then they all fall like, oh, and die. And he just looks at Mr. Burns and goes, continue the research. That's, that's it. That's I'm dead. It's genius. Yes, and I'm, I'm like, I am convinced that Conan O'Brien wrote that. I'm yeah. convinced he wrote that. I would bet money on it. 
And if I thought he would take my call, I'd call him and ask him. I was going to say, yeah, he's probably... It's more of a text relationship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got it. That's why you have Joe DeRosa. Joe DeRosa, you can call. You can call Joe. Most I'm people, more of a call. Oh, you're more of a call. Yeah, I call my friends Sydney Washington, Marie Faustin, Bob the Drag Queen, and Bob. Nick Smith Nick. every day. Nick Smith, the funniest guy in the I, world. Should we call Nick right now just to see what he says? Yes. If I said you're, he's so gay, he'll have no idea who you are. I can't wait. Let's call Nick and say, he'll pick up what? <laughs> what? Just ask him what he's doing. I'm watching a movie. Leave me alone. What the hell do you want? Hello? Yes. He Nick. sounds like Squidward. Nick. Yes. Nick Smith. If he doesn't pick up. Oh. Yes. Nick, uh, I'm on a really popular podcast right now. Pete Holmes. He's a really uh, famous comedian. Do you know who that is? Never heard of him. <laughs> You've never, you've never, crashing, late night, stand, you've never heard of Peter, he's literally one of the most famous stand-up comedians in the world. I am sorry to that man, but I do not know him. Ah! What are you, what are you doing? Nick! Thousands of people are listening, so why don't you tell them what you're doing right now? Watching Sex Education on Netflix. What the hell is that? The Haley Joel Osmond? Oh, the Haley Joel no. Osmond? No, yeah. What? No. Is it a movie that stars the... He's, he's already mad at you. He is mad. <laughs> it's a TV show. Oh, but there was a Haley Joel Osmond movie called Sex Education, I believe. I don't know who this man is, but he's just saying lies. <laughs> <laughs> now watch this. Who won Drag Race Season 7? Who came in second and third? Who won or who came in second and third? Who was the top three and who won? Who won was Violet, who came in second was Ginger, and third was Pearl. Or I guess Ginger and Pearl tied for second and third because they don't designate a second and third, but Violet won. Oh, my God. Thank you, Nick. What a magical man, Nick. I hope to meet you one day. I probably wouldn't recognize you, but I would hope to meet you as well, I guess. I can tell you're being nice. I hear behind the veneer. And Nick's you, not nice. Well, I'll cook. I'm a really good cook, and Nick can't cook anything. He eats Chipotle five times. Not a good cook. Don't let him lie to you. Nick can't. Nick literally cooks. Oh. Nick tried making banana bread and didn't have flour or sugar. So you. I've can't. never claimed to be a good cook. You claim to be a good cook, and you're not. So let's oh call it like it is. So Nick will come over, and I'll like, do you want something to eat? Yes. So I'll make him cacio e pepe, authentic cacio e pepe. Yes. And instead of saying it's good, what he'll say is. Is there any more? <laughs> I mean, that sounds like. Are you on I mean, the I'm spectrum, Nick? This, I'm not trying I'm to be sure funny. This random man's tens of followers don't want to hear our argument right now. Hilarious. This sounds pretty. Well, Nick, anything else you want to say before you go? Uh, it was, I guess, nice to meet you. What is his name? Peter. Pete, Peter. Would you, Holmes. Nick? Would you say keep it crispy? Holmes. Nick, will you say keep it crispy? It's something they say on the show. Keep it crispy. He did it. Good job. Right, thank, thank you, Nick. Nick. You're welcome. Goodbye. I almost wanted to tell him that RuPaul retweeted me twice. When I say that he that you're on a really important podcast, he's really famous, <laughs> I promise you his heart rate didn't change at all. I believe it. It just He's just, what? Hello? And when I said Spectrum, you don't feel Spectrum-y from him? I, no, not at all. I have family members on the Spectrum, and you oh, give no. them a bowl of cacio y pepe, and they're like, 
blah. If I said, I'm on with Bianca, ah, Bianca, let me tell you something. That (laughs) was so funny the other day. It's the alien from American Death. He literally is. But he talks that way with everyone, his parents, you know what I mean? Like, all of, like, he just is so... Well, look, I'm no Andrew Schultz, but I will email... uh, Sona, that, that Conan's pr- people. That's Absolutely. sweet of you. Please, I had. This I'm is, so happy that we've like connected. Me too. And, you know, you destroyed last night. Destroyed. Oh, and I said this to Chris Red. I was like, look, I talked to Ham for a long time because I was like, Ham, right? It's Ham. And then I was like, okay. And then I didn't realize the time brought you guys out. We only had a little time, which sucked. Which is why I'm so glad we could do this. Please, today. yeah, yeah. But I was like a little nervous for my people. I was like, it's this famous guy, and now it'll just be us kids, right? You guys, nobody, and I love him, and I love his sweater. Nobody <laughs> remembered. It was like there were two shows. It was like there was the early show and it's the late cr- show. Me and Chris, like, together. We, we are so paisan. Like, I love Chris. Like, Absolutely. We have a good, we all, anytime we're backstage with each other, we are laughing. So I sound like Liza. He's so funny. <laughs> but, like, we're, we're just laughing so hard the whole time. You have to do your march, too. You tease that. Homer. Very good. When I did The Simpsons, she was, uh, Nancy Cartwright was on the speakerphone. And I think, like, it was a bad connection. So she's reading the Marge lines. She'd be like, Did it get a laugh? (laughs) Kind of like, just kind of like asking, like, if it worked, but as her, but she sounds like Marge, which means you do a good Patty and Selma, too. Uh, Not really. Really? Uh, I mean, uh, it's the same thing. Yeah, but that actually hurts my vocal cords. Marge. Marge doesn't for some reason. <laughs> doesn't really hurt my vocal cords. Very, Homer. very I used good. to do a better Marge, but you know. I'm, you don't smoke anymore. I'm getting older. <laughs> I'm old. Homer. Hope. Back in my day, we called it a walking bird. <laughs> Let's sacrifice him to our gods. <laughs> I, I can do my, my cat's pet smells like cat food. Uh, Ralph's oh, easy. Everyone yeah. does Ralph. Uh, Nobody does uh, Ralph. Homer. Yeah, what, uh, what does Chief Wiggum say? He's like, oh, crusty burger. I'll give you a line from The Simpsons. Oh, I sure. wrote, Salt the ham water, boys. Clancy's bringing home a criminal. Salt the ham water, boys. <laughs> Homer. Wow, 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 wow. What's going on, Homer? That's Very Mo. Very good. Hi, Homer. Hi. And Mo, we figured out Bill Burr is Donald Duck. Mo is Joe DeRosa. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, Homer. No, yes. that's, not, that's not free, Homer. <laughs> What am I looking at? What am I looking at? <laughs> what uh, who else can I do on The Simpsons? Uh, uh, Millhouse? Uh, oh, boy. Oh, what did he say? He's like, uh, 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 Santa's little helper was missing. He's like, Bart, remember you said that I didn't? I can't do Millhouse anymore. But it it's kind of like that. Yeah. But I can't do it. Welcome Thrillho. Thrill. Oh, yeah. Thrill remember? House. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it yeah. cut off at Thrill yeah. <laughs> Let me, Mateo, you were the first video guest. I'm so honored. First and second. I'm laying like Mariah Carey in every video. Like, I'm on a big pillow just like. Yes. You know. Phoning in that Christmas special. I said it. Oh, I love her so much. I felt like, uh, I don't know. Which Christmas special? Just had multiple there was ones. An, oh, really? Yeah. The Bill the Murray Apple one. one. That she yeah, did the, the Apple. Apple. One. Oh, I, uh, well, the last one was just too short. I thought it could go longer, but then she did one with Billy Eichner that I loved. She did. Didn't um, see it. Oh, uh, it's good. It was. Good. It was. It was cute and campy and fun. Okay. And she sounds great, and she like gets it. She gets. Her, you know, she's more self-aware than people give her credit for. Oh, really? Love need. 
My Bill, the Bill Murray one, I really did not like because it, he he seemed to be looking at the cue cards. My joke is, it'd be like jingle line, like he just why why are you doing that? How much money did they shovel into you to be like Bill Murray? Um, you know what? Does anyone want a Christmas special for me? I would love a Mateo Lane Christmas special. I'll knock it out of the park. I think it'd be great. You're going to be great on Conan when it happens, and. I mean, I feel like you're going to get a special wherever you want. We'll see. Who knows? All right, Either way, I'm happy right now. That I love. Oh, God. You're going to be killing it in Rome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> grazie. Okay. Mille grazie. Here's the last question. Uh, you already answered it in the live one. Do you have another answer for the hardest time you laughed? Another time you laughed really hard. Hardest time I laughed. Because your story of the Call of Duty one is one of the greatest. Well, one time my friend Evan Williams, who's an amazing comedian, he's like really popular on TikTok. He like does, you should have him on the show. He's in LA. He's really? phenomenal. Really? He'll tell you about his dead family. And um, <laughs> I love that. You're like, I know you usually like that sort of show. Oh, but he also just, you know, so man, one of my family's dead. Uh, but, and he does all these videos. He directs himself. You actually, I'll send you his inf- uh, uh, stuff. He's phenomenal. You would really like him. Um, but him and I came up together in comedy and we always just, we're, we're like brothers to each other. And for some reason we were watching, um, this meme or like this, like thing, but just like two second thing of like, uh, uh, a cooking woman, I forget her name. And she was like, just two shots of vodka. And it's like, and then someone on YouTube just (laughs) intercut, like someone falling over. It was so dumb and stupid. It looked like if you like blinked your eyes and like 10 minutes later, it looked like the living room in had been hit by eight bulls in a hurricane. Like we couldn't stand up. I was on the floor. It hurt. I kept saying it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. We were laughing so hard. I was crying. His wife at one, time he was married at the time she woke up and she was like what's going on we're like i can't breathe but it just it just got us it just got us going for some i laugh a lot with evan evan my cousin brian one time my cousin brian tried making we tried making lasagna but we wanted to make it a vegetable lasagna and it was so soupy then when we took it out my cousin just started screaming at it and he was like you we never loved you we never loved you like it was our child that we you know i was like on the floor crying can i just you this is a this is, i feel like this is a fine compliment your life seems beautiful oh, i'm really happy for you thanks thank it's you it's great it's been wonderful spending this time i've with had you. such a good time thank you for I'm having gonna, me on this wasn't a hard hard laugh for us but i I, I don't make fun of me uh this is vulnerable I was just like, okay, I'm 43. If I don't get some muscle, I'm I'm never gonna have it, and I just want to be strong. It's not even a vanity thing. I'm like, I just want to work out so I don't break. Okay. So I said to Val, I was like, there's a there's a trainer that's near our kid's school, and I, <laughs> and I was like, and one time I parked in his parking spot, and he come out and yelled at me, but he looked great. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> So I texted him. My first Are session is Thursday. Oh, good for you. I need the pressure. Go slow. I mean, you don't have to. Oh, I'm not going to let him bully me. I'll, well, I'll, yeah. I mean, what? I used to be. No, I'm just saying, like, I think people, my advice to people who start working out. Tell me. Is I that, love that you know that I'm starting. Is is what? <laughs> no, I love that you know that I'm starting. This is clearly your first session. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Yes. Uh, lube. No, I would say, <laughs> I would say. You call them sessions? Sure. Depends on the kind of mood. That's it got to me in a gay bar in 20 years, and I'm like, I'm looking for my first session, and everyone and laughs like, at oh, me. Welcome. I 
I mean, so now I'm like, when I sex, like, when I'm like, or I organize, I'm thinking in Italian. When I schedule sex, I'll be like, it's like, like I'm in my Google calendar. How's three work? But um, <laughs> that's a problem with being desperately single, scheduling sex. But yeah, when you, what my advice to working out is yes. just, just don't think you have to do everything in the one day. Literally think of it as like slowly adding, because I think a lot of people get discouraged with working out because they do like as hard as they can in the yeah. first week and they yeah. think they're doing, then they're exhausted. And then they're injured too. Yeah. Me. And that's not how it's supposed to go. You yeah. just slowly work out. I think, well, it's, I'm glad to hear you say that. When I, I was at Kumail's a week or so ago, and he was like, he was talking to someone else who was he looks fit. amazing. He does look amazing. It's incredible. But he, so do you. No, but he looks, I mean, that's like he. Would like, you want to be that big? Yes, I would, I would love to do steroids. I would love it. I would love it. But it changes your vocal cords. I wish I said something like, oh, my health or whatever. But like, I there's a part of me that wants so badly to be that vain and just be like on an island in Mykonos, ripped and on ecstasy. Nice. But it's so not my life. Sant- Santorini? Are sure. We, wherever the gays go. We're only allowed so many places. It's illegal to be gay everywhere. They're all so islands, too. We're, yeah. Yeah, a lot of islands. Just in case we have to swim away for safety. <laughs> but um, I don't. I don't do any steroids. Do you think, are you saying Kumail does steroids? No, but you said that big. He's just oh, naturally. I'm quite petite. He, I just wanted I, to, know. to get his size because I think he's you naturally bigger than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have to do steroids. Just wanted to make sure if we had clickbait. Mateo Lane. No, I, 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 I absolutely. I, I hear what you're saying. I don't. I wouldn't want to look like him. I. You, what you look like. This is weird. I, I like the more like aerodyna- aerodynamic. Like Kumail looks like. I often like being described as something that could fly. <laughs> I just mean sleek. Yeah, I, I love it. Please, like an Italian Italian sports car, if I can put it in terms that you yes. would, that you could organize. Yeah, I want to be that, not a truck. Yeah, Kumail looks like a tank. He's hot. You're into it. Oh my god, are you kidding me? He's would so you, hot. Are you aiming to get married? Sorry, you made me think of it. I don't would know. Like I, to... I've only had two boyfriends my whole life. Two, two. I'm I really have a hard time dating. So if you're single, <laughs> um, dead face. Yeah. Literally, I'm, I'm, I, someone was like, what's your type? And I was like, oh, hot man that hates me. So, yeah, I'm in therapy. So uh, you do kind of attracted a certain type of negative relationship? My last boyfriend, was a, it was a really good relationship. It was tempestuous in the sense that he's Venezuelan and, and you're Spain storm. and he's far away. <laughs> and yeah, and I'm, I'm also Italian, Latin. Like, we're very, like, you know... But he was sweet and kind, and we're still really good friends. But you're such a people pleaser. You're able to get into, like, a fighting kind of way. Oh, yeah, I fight. Really? Oh, yeah. You said that like so funny. I yeah, love yeah, that. yeah. Well, Italians fight. Yeah. Before I go, can I play you 30 seconds of what it's like when Italians play Pictionary? Yes, and I'm glad that you're having that d- declaration because I will talk to you forever. I'm really enjoying it. Okay, this. this will be the way we end. This is how we end. I, My friend Bob the Drag Queen is sort of, there's like a lot of Italian TikToks going around of like the Italian community like pranking their parents just to see how their parents react. Yes. And of course, Italians, we scream. We all scream at each other. Now, Bob's from Atlanta. Like scream anger. Scream, but fu- we all laugh at it. Like the screaming is laughter. I don't know how to describe it. It's not like, you know, if like a Russian screams, like run. But like an Italian screams, it's like entertainment. So, you know, my uh, Bob is black and he's from the South and there's not a lot of Italians in the South. So white people to him are just white people. Then he starts seeing all these memes and TikToks of like Italian families. And he called me, he's like, do Italian people really talk to each other this way? I was like, yeah, absolutely. He was like, but they're screaming at each other. I was like, yeah. He's like, you scream. I said, Yes, my family screams at each other. So I was at my cousin, fa- family friend, but cousin, right? They're from Sicily. They moved to Jersey. And we were playing Pictionary on Easter. I can't. This is less than four minutes into playing Pictionary, Pictionary with Italians. 
Oops, he's, hold on. Girare. Hold on, sorry, 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 sorry. No, why did it do this? No. You start screaming at the phone. Yeah, come back. I need to do on your mobile. White stripes. He's crumpling up the paper. Four minutes in, screaming, ripping up the paper, stabbing it. Can I just say, none of these people are ever gonna like flip out and murder strange. You know what I mean? They're they're feeling it and they're showing. Yeah, you it. get it out. It's my people. You need yeah. to be afraid of the ones that are like that yeah, was the a quiet great ones. <laughs> yes, there was a good penguin. Like fuck that. Let's not act like Italians don't have a history of murder. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. They've made. They've made. The Sopranos and The Godfather, all these, all yeah. this money off. I it. mean, good cuisine covers a lot of sins. You know, Mike Lecchione has one of my favorite jokes, where he goes, you know, what the Unitar? <laughs> I was just thinking about his Unitar. Oh no, joke. he he goes, um, uh, he's like, you know, a lot of people forget that the Italians were also in World War II, but our cuisine is so good. They're like, hey, weren't you guys on the bad side? Yeah, but look at this chicken cacciatore. That is, you know, really... and it's true. When I just watched a, a thing about Mussolini, and I was like, I, I'm in look. This is not the place to be embarrassed. I forgot Mussolini was Italian. Yeah. So I was watching it. And I was like, oh, yeah. My brain just put him to Russia, Germany, somewhere else. To be else. fair, the Italians, like Italians, murdered him in the streets. So, you know, it there all kind of worked out. There you go. Matteo, Thank you're you. Divine. Yeah, we could talk forever. I know. I, I'm i really glad. I'm just going to say, I'm glad that you enjoyed this, too, because it would be really weird if it was one I had a blast. <laughs> I had a great time. <laughs> Thank great. We'll you. have to do a part two someday. I would love to. You're welcome anytime. And, and God help me, if you do another live one with Chris Red, it'll just be you guys, and we'll talk for we hours. We should set that up. Just My just... <laughs> God. I mean, forget it. Just us it. four again. Here's the challenge. Uh, you can say keep it crispy in English. You could try to say it in Italian. I don't have to say crispy in Italian. Nobody, uh, we've tried to do this before. No one knows crispy. Uh, then just say it in um, English. Uh, keep it crispy. To camera. Mm-hmm. I couldn't be more honored that you are our first video guest. Thank you very much. Grazie, Grazie. mille. Grazie a te. Grazie. Okay, prego. <laughs>